Carrie Sultan of Ring of Honor, and you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the Virtual Matrix. Please stand by for the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker, among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. JJ Sexy. Американская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров персональный спутник. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. And yes, I do in fact have the power. It's at my fingertips as we speak. Welcome to this Friday, February 25th edition of Unplugged. Tomorrow night's a big night for Ring of Honor Wrestling as they will be having their ninth anniversary pay-per-view. Of course, I pay-per-view in which... We will have Christopher Daniels on the program later on. Unfortunately, it's going to be a little shorter interview than I had wanted to do. Looks like we're going to have Chris on for about 15 minutes to promote the show for tomorrow night. He did just get out of a match tonight, obviously, a house show. And uh, we'll be talking about that and, of course, promoting Ring of Honor tomorrow night. And also scheduled for tonight, it's going to get real interesting on this particular program. Um, <laughs> this is the only way I know how to explain this to you. Um, over the course of the day, my booker that likes to book all the interviews, Mr. Chris Crelly Kelly of headlockstoheadlines.com, got in touch with me, told me to, to notify Carrie Silken. I called Sarah, uh, Carrie Silken tonight, and uh, it looks like at the top of the hour, we are literally going to have uh, a who's who possibly coming through this radio show. I'm going to be calling Kerry Silken uh, in just about 30 minutes' time, get him on the phone, and I think he's going to pass the phone around the locker room at uh, the ROH event. So who we get on the phone tonight could be anybody's guess at this point in time. So definitely stay tuned for that. Tonight will be a very interesting edition 
of Unplugged. Uh, of course, we just got finished watching SmackDown, so I'm about to jump into the recap for SmackDown, a very interesting show. Some unique twists and turns in the WWE Universe as it relates to SmackDown. So with that being said, why don't we go ahead and break down the action from WWE SmackDown on the Sci-Fi Network. We start things out tonight with Teddy Long coming out and basically telling the SmackDown audience that he's going to give Vicky Guerrero a fighting chance since we've seen her boyfriend Dolph fired. We've seen Kelly Kelly rehired. He's going to give tonight on the program Vicky Guerrero an opportunity to keep her job on SmackDown as he's putting together a mixed tag involving the world heavyweight champion Edge and Kelly Kelly taking on the team of Vicky Guerrero and wait for it. Drew McIntyre. So there's already an uneasy alliance between both Drew McIntyre and Vicky Guerrero. Our first match of the night has Rey Mysterio taking on uh, the former world heavyweight champion, Kane. And I thought that the commentary team did a very good job of uh, bringing up the fact that Rey Mysterio was the champion last summer until Kane cashed in his Money in the Bank win at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and defeated Rey Mysterio, and they had a pretty good series over the summer. So this match, fantastic match. We saw a lot of big high spots, of course, by Rey Mysterio, uh, a lot of power spots by uh, the big red machine Kane. The finish came when Rey Mysterio ended up getting the uh, the sunset flip after he backed out of a powerbomb attempt by Kane and rolled up Kane for the 1-2-3. Very good match. After the match, we have Dusty Rhodes, a favorite here on the SNS Network, come down, and basically he was with his son Cody, and he wanted Cody to apologize to Rey Mysterio for all the things that he said, and he wanted him to be a man, basically, and they kind of went down this father-son diatribe where he's basically telling him that, you know, you knew what you expect when you got into the business, you know, be a man. And do what's right. I'm going to love you either way. But do what you need to do. And of course Cody says I'm not going to apologize to him. Not after what he's done to me. These people are staring at me. Because of what he did to me. And of course he attacks Rey Mysterio. Beats the living shit out of Rey Mysterio. And then unmasks Rey Mysterio. But luckily. Luckily the referees cover Rey with a towel. But Cody Rhodes exacting just a little measure of revenge against Rey Mysterio by taking his mask. I like where this is going, and I cannot wait to see how far this feud goes. Obviously, we're probably looking at some sort of a stipulation match going into WrestleMania 
maybe it's mask versus mask because we all know Cody's wearing that surgical protective mask. And Harmony and I both agree that he probably should have uh, some sort of mask where you can't see his face. Because, damn, Ray really messed that face up, I tell you. So next up, we have a Divas match. Rosa Mendez taking on the uh, Layla. Obviously, Michelle McCool at ringside. Um, short match. It happened. What can I say? Rosa looks like she's getting a little better in the ring. Layla, I think, is, has done a fantastic job in the uh, Divas division. But what happens here is uh, McCool ends up attacking Rosa outside the ring um, after, of course, Rosa pushes her. So the disqualification win goes to Rosa Mendez, and they're really playing up this uh, the split between both members of Lakel. They've been teasing this for a while, so we will see how far this, uh, this apparent split up or this wedge is going to go as it relates to the team of Lakel. Obviously, they're not so flawless anymore. Next up, we have Jack Swagger taking on the Intercontinental Champion, Kofi Kingston. Um, it was not a title match, to my knowledge. I don't believe they ever mentioned it was a title match. Uh, pretty good back and forth. Swagger ends up getting the win with the ankle lock. So uh, Jack Swagger beats Kofi Kingston. You would think that would set him up, obviously, in the very near future for an Intercontinental title match, but the rumors are still circulating that... In fact, Alberto Del Rio may end up getting that title before he goes to WrestleMania and takes the World Heavyweight Championship from Edge. Um, next up, we see a backstage segment with Vicky Guerrero knocking on Teddy's door. He doesn't answer. Uh, she runs into her nephew Chavo and asks for help. And Chavo says, yeah, we're family. We should stick together. And then remembers all the times that he had to go get coffee for Vicky. All the times that he was her gopher, her, his the stooge, and uh, says, you know what, Payback's a, you know what it is, Payback's a bitch. So I liked that segment as Vicky's obviously trying to find allies, and she's finding that uh, there's not many rocks that she's overturning where there's allies for her. Uh, next up, we have Big Show taking on Wade Barrett. The core is banned from ringside during the match. A uh, pretty good match for two big men, although it didn't last very long. Um, we've got Show and Barrett basically taking it to the outside, uh, and Show ends up getting the win via countout. Uh, the core comes out after the match, and of course, Big Show runs them off with a chair. And I kind of have to agree with my broadcast colleague, Chris Kelly, in the fact that. I kind of feel like we're going to see some sort of a a match at WrestleMania between the core and the big show. And after what happened at the Royal Rumble with Diesel kind of staring down the big show, he's been very vocal that he'd like to give it another shot with big show. I think it makes more sense to put Diesel and the big show up against members of the core. Maybe Wade Barrett and Ezekiel Jackson in a match at Mania. I think that has... I think that's pretty much the direction they're going. And if that's the case, then I'm looking forward to seeing these four big men get it on in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. So next up, we have uh, obviously the main event of the evening. Edge and Kelly Kelly taking on Drew McIntyre and Vicky Guerrero. Drew just looked so intense. Uh, not happy that he's in this match with Vicky Guerrero. The crowd gave Edge a huge pop when he came out. Uh, at one point, there was a double spear, 
on both McIntyre and Vicky by Edge and Kelly Kelly, respectively. Edge pins McIntyre, uh, so obviously Edge and Kelly Kelly win. Teddy Long comes out after the match, dances his little way down ringside, and uh, basically fires Vicky Guerrero from the SmackDown brand. Now, of course, <laughs> it doesn't end there, folks. No, no, Vicky Guerrero decides to ask everybody from the referee, Scott Armstrong, to even Booker T to help her out and begs for her job. Nobody is willing to help her out except Michael Cole, who says he'll talk to somebody. Maybe he can see what he can do. But Michael Cole, the only one that's really upset over the fact that Vicky Guerrero is, in fact, fired. She gets in the ring, decides to talk with Edge, and you know apologizes to Edge and says, you know, you're the world champion. You can help me. And Edge says, yeah, I could, but I'd rather sing. Of course, we get that familiar Song that we always hear when somebody's fired in the WWE. And, of course, Vicky Guerrero makes her way up the ramp and uh, pretty much goes postal, screaming like a banshee at Edge. Uh, with that being said, we have Alberto Del Rio come in from behind and attack the world heavyweight champion. And uh, so now we're getting more of a setup, obviously, between Alberto Del Rio and Edge as the road to WrestleMania continues in just about five weeks' time. So that is your SmackDown recap for tonight. I thought it was a good show. I thought the Vicky segment, obviously, I see Dolph coming back in the very near future. If you get rid of Vicky, that opens the gates up for Dolph to actually have a run without Vicky Guerrero. So we'll see where it goes from here. Again, I like the fact that you're getting Big Show more involved with the core. And I think Diesel is probably going to be added to the mix to kind of equalize things on the Big Show's behalf. Um... I think we might even be seeing a program continue between Jack Swagger and Kofi Kingston. So uh, I like the direction that they're going in. So with that said, you know I'll give this I'll give it a B tonight. I thought it was a good show. Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. And I believe joining me on the line, headlocks2headlines.com. You know him, you love him. He's the international sensation, ladies and gentlemen. Crelly is on the line. Man, good afternoon. How are you doing on this fine Friday afternoon? I'm fine, man. It's been a hectic day. I'm still recovering from this ear infection, so I'm a little out of it. So if I if I if I start to stumble tonight, you know, just kind of pretend I didn't and let's move forward. <laughs> well, I I had a great day. You know, um, I was I actually spent all day in London because today is my my brother's birthday. So I've been having a few drinks in London before my brother's birthday, and then got that big breaking news sent it to you. So I, I've been busy despite being. Well, it's meant to be my day off, but who knows? Um, now, of course, this, the the two biggest news stories of this week. Number one, Mystico has signed with WWE, and and he as a Sin Cara, and he and he is expected to join the SmackDown brand. Now, where when would you have, when would you have him debut? You know what? I I would hold off. Uh, I know they're they're talking about him totally bypassing developmental. I mean, we're talking straight to the roster is Mystico, now known as Sin Cara, which I believe means faceless, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I would almost say your best bet with Sin Cara would be maybe to debut him right after WrestleMania. And JR was thinking he was going to the Raw brand. It makes sense to put him on the SmackDown brand, but you've got Alberto Del Rio on SmackDown come WrestleMania. He's going to be the champ. 
it would almost make more sense to bring him on Raw and give him uh, a little bit of a showcasing on that brand. My only problem is I don't want to see him get mixed, you know, in with like an Evan Bourne type of character where he's just stuck in the mid card. I mean, uh, the rumors going around have been going around for a while that Rey Mysterio's contract is up this year, and he's not re- he's not obviously going to re-sign with the company. It looks like he's on the way out the door, and I think I think that uh, Sin Cara. Mystico is going to be uh, the replacement for Rey Mysterio. And from everything I've seen of Mystico, uh, I think he's going to be a much bigger property for the WWE than Mysterio was. Well, I'm thinking what they do, they have Albert WWE win at Mania and have him come out on the next night and go, oh, so my, uh, next tapings and go, okay, I've beaten everyone. I have beaten Mysterio. I've beaten everyone. Give me a brand new tanger. And then have, have Sinkara walk out. But would the but would the English uh, no, sorry, would the American fans know who he is? That's a problem. Would he get a big a big reaction or not? Well, I mean, they, obviously they had this press conference in Mexico City. Uh, it's all over WWE.com. It's been the trending topic on Twitter. I mean, the fact that they have Mystico under contract and he is what the biggest. I think the last five years he's been the biggest star to come out of Mexico. So for that to happen. I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Latin American fans that, that keep up with Lucha Libre uh, or anybody in general that keeps up with Lucha Libre is going to know who this guy is. Uh, for those that are, you know, laymen like myself who really don't follow a lot of Lucha Libre, we just know him as a new masked wrestler who can do a lot of the stuff that Mysterio can and even more. So, um, I mean, he does do the 619, his own version of it. Um, he's got I've, I've seen a couple highlight videos of this guy. He's, he's pretty fucking impressive. And he's taller than Rey Mysterio, so. And but and if you look at the TV ratings in Mexico, Mexico brings in such high TV ratings for for Raw and SmackDown. I think it's like nine point three. And as Marcus said to us a few weeks back, WWE are looking for this next big Mexican star. Well, you have to scale us there, and they and they already got and they got Mystico. Those two guys could possibly main event next year, if pushed correctly. And and there, there was a report going around that uh, that Dos Caras was uh, was not happy that they signed Mystico because he kind of wanted to corner the market and be the uh, the top Latino character on television. But you know, here's the thing, right? I mean, if you do have him on the Raw brand, obviously you're going to have uh, Alberto Del Rio run the roost over on SmackDown until he gets drafted to Raw, and vice versa. So you could have either guy on their respective brands and really kind of build around them. I think that they need to hold off on a main event push for Mystico for a while. Maybe get him in there in the Intercontinental title pitcher for a bit. Um, you know, don't push it all the way to the main event first thing out. I mean, let it be a, a slow build. I think the guy's like 27, right? I mean, so they've got plenty of time to build him up into a, a credible main event guy and have him have successful runs before a world championship is even involved. Yeah, and I think I would agree with that. And though I do kind of understand why Dos Carlos was a bit upset, because as Marcus said to us a few weeks back, he's, whilst he's a great talent, he's not the best out there. And WWE kind of hot-shotted his push, because they needed a Mexican star. So by bringing in Mystico, will, will this affect the way that they book him? Because, because now they've got two Mexican stars instead of one. Yeah, exactly. So it could possibly affect the way that he's booked, but you know, well, I think, uh, and I've seen a few clips, like like you said, of Mystico. This guy versus Alberto Dio in a few years or next year could be a fantastic match, and 
I I would have to see him just wrestle the Lucha style. Don't don't force him to to learn the, the American style. Just have him wrestle as the Lucha style. Because I think that could tell a house down. Because if you look back in the day when they used to do the old uh, when they used to have the old cruiserweight division, that was fun. And I don't and the styles that they do, I wouldn't compare at all to the exhibition styles, because the Lucha Lucha style actually sells moves, and they actually make you believe in their moves. So. I think I think it'd be great for WWE. Now, of course, whilst WWE has signed Mystico, TNA have got a brand new talent. I say brand new, I mean he's 52 years old. Well, hang on, hang on before you go there. I was just going to say, um, I, I did see a little highlight video for uh, for Mystico the other day, and he does this uh, spinning head scissors, right? And right. he ends it in like a Fujiwara armbar. Wow. It is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Like, he literally comes around twice with the... Uh, uh, with the head scissors, and then drops into the armbar, and everyone I've seen him put that on has has fucking sold that like a million bucks. It looks fucking fantastic. So you're gonna have uh, obviously Alberto Del Rio that's got his own arm breaker, and then now you've got Mystico that has a, a similar one that obviously has a lot more flash to it than uh, the Cristo. Thank you very much, uh, Wookie Mush in the in the chat. It's beautiful, and like. Say, say for example, he does go over to Raw. Guys like John Morrison versus him would be a fantastic match. Or him versus The Miz. Him, him versus Evan Bourne. CM Punk. Brian Danielson. There are so many great feuds. And this guy has even yet to, has even yet to debut. So I think, as you say, this, this kid is going to have a bright future, be it Raw or SmackDown, because he looks like he's got the world at his feet. So, of course, after last week, Day Day, we saw the unveiling, unveiling of 2.21.11. And, of course, it was not Sting. Now, quote-unquote, spoiler here, so if you don't like spoilers, kind of mute the player or whatever. Well, Sting has gone back to TNA Wrestling. Not no! only that... No! No, but Sting was supposed to be in the WWE! He was going to be at WrestleMania, damn it! I'm crying in my fucking Cheetos and Mountain Dew right now. Oh, God damn But not it. only that, right? Not only that. He is now their new world champion. Give me a tissue. Don't, don't you want grapes, not, not a tissue? But, <laughs> yes, he is now their new world champion. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this now makes it their third world champion within three months. <sighs> you know what? Better sting than... Walking drug pharmacy. Better sting than soon-to-be-convicted drug felon. Better sting than meth hardy. True, but you have to wonder how much money that they've chucked towards sting because that belt wouldn't make, wouldn't make me want to uh, stay within TNA Wrestling. That belt looks like the Divas title. Oh, dude, they're going to give him the, the actual belt. Yeah, but they can't because that now belongs to Eric Young. Well, then Sting will have a title unification for that belt. <laughs> That'd be a great match, Eric. I mean, didn't Sting actually want to wrestle Eric Young? Uh, am I going? I, I think so. You know, I mean, you know what they'll do? They'll probably end up having a new belt made. Um, I, if, if they have the pay per view match at, at Victory Road, and Jeff Hardy wins the title, this will make him a three time TNA World Champion. In the span of less than about three months. 
And that, so that makes him a three-time TNA champion, a three-time WWE champion. Considering this guy is a mid-carder that somehow rode the coattail of the fans cheering for him, he's not doing bad for himself. And yet, and somehow he's still not in jail. I mean, that's kind of mind-boggling. Uh, now, where was I? Um, I've, sorry, I've got notes and they kind of muddled up. Um, what else do we have? Uh, apparently, TNA have signed Gunnar and Murphy to contracts. If you care. Ooh, yeah, Gunnar and Murphy got contracts. That's awesome. I mean, they were getting paid, what, 500 interference, and now they finally have a contract? Oh, that's awesome. Good for them. They're such a notable tag team. Good for them. They go from being security to contracted wrestlers. Yay! Yay! Well, did you know that they were actually, uh, I say world champions, they were, they were champions of their respective indie feds for 23 months. So they might have some talent, but who knows. Um, now, according to the Figure 4 Weekly, the feud between Jerry Lawler and The Miz was only meant to be, or was only meant to last a few weeks, but due to cr- the crowd reaction to it, they decided to put on pay-per-view and basically keep running it. And of course, as you saw on Raw, the plan is for Cole versus um, Jerry Lawler at the pay-per-view at WrestleMania. And people are expecting Jim Ross to return. Jim Ross on Twitter said that he's not going to do it. So do you think that's just Jim Ross working the Twitter? Or do, or do, or do you think Jim Ross will actually not be involved with that match, being, be, being the announcer? You know what? I mean, it's WrestleMania. I'd like to see Ross involved. But uh, in all honesty, it probably will end up not involving Jim Ross. You know, they'll probably have Booker T obviously stay on commentary. You'll have uh, you'll have uh, Josh Matthews and maybe even Todd Grisham join. I I just I don't I, it might it might even just be you know Matthews and Booker T or maybe t- or maybe they'll bring in Stryker, but not a Stryker. Stryker he uses the most Wikipedia quotes ever. Like the Stryker can sometimes be over the top, but I, I would prefer Booker T and Matthews because Matthews is slowly becoming the the best new announcer in, uh, on TV right now. I've always liked Matthews. I thought he did a fine job on Velocity back in the day with Bill DeMott. So, speaking of, of Bill DeMott, and that's a great uh, segue, he is now confirmed as a trainer on Tough Enough. Uh, and speaking of Tough Enough, apparently WWE were not happy with the first kind of roster that they picked, that, uh, that, uh, that the USA Network picked for them. Because in case you didn't know, WWE don't actually have control over Tough Enough. The uh, roster's picked by the network and some other media company. I can't remember who it is, but there's a, there's, there's, there's a media company and USA that picked the roster. And they were upset because it contained too many well-known indie stars. So I don't really, I don't really understand why WWE aren't controlling the tough, tough enough in terms of talent and why they would be upset about involving too many indie stars. Because surely wouldn't you want indie stars that actually know how to wrestle instead of Barbie dolls? Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, back to the Jim Ross comment. I mean, it, it would be nice, don't get me wrong, to see Jim Ross come down and call at least one match, whether it's, uh, <laughs> whether it's you know, King and Cole. But, I mean, think about it. I could literally hear some awesome quotes from Jim Ross. Oh, by God, he's beating him like a government mule. He's like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Don't do it, King. He's got a family. He's got a family, damn it. 
Oh my god! Yeah, I think I think they'll probably bring him back for like WrestleMania 30 because it went, went, that that would be a quote unquote landmark achievement. And like, okay, say if King kicks the living hell out of Michael Cole, the the, the next night on Raw, do they go back to being announced partners? Would they be best friends again? See, I, I don't know how that would work. I mean, if you're going to have a match, then I don't, I don't really know what you're going to do transitioning, moving out. I would almost say move Michael Cole permanently back to, to the SmackDown brand. I mean, that's just you know my two cents, but Vince McMahon apparently has a hard-on for doing three-man commentary. So, uh, you know, Michael Cole is, is quote-unquote the voice of the WWE, or at least that's what he's marketed as. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, do they phase out Jerry the King Lawler? I, I hope not. But at the same time, after they've just had this match at WrestleMania, it would almost really be hard to, to consider having them call commentary each and every week. So something's going to have to be done. I don't know what direction they're going to take it in, but it'll be interesting either way. Because it'd be kind of weird for them if we have a Jerry Lawler kick the crap out of Cole and the next night, welcome back to Raw. We're now best friends. I forgot everything you said about my mother. I forgot him slapping me. We're, we're best friends. It really wouldn't make sense. Uh, speaking of Raw, this past week got the highest rating since 2009. It's got a 3.9 cable rating with 5.8 million viewers overall. So that's a big increase. And do you credit The Rock for that? Or do you credit the whole 221.11 for that increase? Uh, for this week's show or for last week's? For this Monday coming. No, sorry. This, for the whole two. For the whole 2011 show. Because that got a 3.9. I would have to say you'd have to credit the hype between the 221.11 promos. Yeah, I, like I keep watching that promo. And it, it's amazing how they can cut a promo without saying a word. And on Saturday tonight, they did confirm that it would be Undertaker versus Triple H WrestleMania. But there's one way that, that confused me, okay? Just after it shows Undertaker come out the hut. There's a bit where it's a blue screen. What is Undertaker doing there? Is that like a, back, a backstage camera? I think so. Well, it, it looked like it was an edited-end camera. Because it made no sense what it was actually doing. Because they cut it out of the uh, the, ed- the edited reason uh, on Saturday. Right. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you looking forward to take uh, a Triple H Mania? I am and I'm not. Um, let me let me put it to you this way. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to deliver a solid match. I don't know what they have planned. I, I've heard Michaels was going to be the special guest referee. I, I really don't know what they have planned for this. It's the 10-year anniversary of WrestleMania 17 when Triple H lost to The Undertaker back then. Um, my big problem with this, and I think I've, I've said this on, on every show, that we don't need to continually see the undertaker fight guys he's fought before i mean we've seen kane twice at both wrestlemania 14 and 20 uh we've seen Shawn michaels back to back obviously for 25 and 26 and now we're going to see another match with triple h 17 and 27 i mean we haven't seen the undertaker and john cena yet at a wrestlemania um Mm -hmm. that's going to be the big one i think for undertaker that that's either the one he's going to pass the torch on to John Cena, or he's going to go out undefeated. And I'm just tired of seeing 
the same old guys fight The Undertaker. I mean, I know they're trying to build something right now between Daniel Bryan and Sheamus going into WrestleMania, but I would have rather seen Sheamus uh, step up to the plate, take on The Undertaker, and I'm talking have The Undertaker and him just go toe-to-toe and have Sheamus almost beat The Undertaker. And Sheamus gets a rub from facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania. It builds him up to be a legit badass. A a loss against The Undertaker to Sheamus does not hurt Sheamus at all. It makes him look stronger than ever. But right now, Sheamus is quite quite now in a slump. In in 2011, he's won one match. He is, because they've taken him and made him a two-time champion, and now they've dropped him back into the mid-card, where now it looks like he's going after the uh, the United States Championship. I hate when they do that to a guy. They hot-shot him to the top, they give him a title run, and then, boom, it's like, well, we can't really put you in the world title picture right now with Miz being the champion, so we're going to drop you down to the next best thing and put you in the mid-card. I wasn't a big fan of when they did that to Jericho after he'd been undisputed champion, and he goes back down to being Intercontinental Champion for you know five or six times after that. Um, I just think that if you're going to continue the legacy of this streak and you want it to mean something, then stop giving him the same guys that he's fought multiple times. But if you think of, think of it from a business standpoint, would, would you ever have Triple H, Undertaker, or Undertaker, Sheamus? Me personally, I'd rather have Sheamus. Yeah but, from, yeah, but from a business standpoint, which what will sell more tickets? Well, I mean, right now, the way Sheamus is looking, Triple H would sell more tickets. And and after after I think that is what this is about wrestling, as much as it's about entertainment, it's about making money. And wow. if they can make money, they do it. And I'm pretty sure we will see on tickets, uh, Cena because they teased it, wasn't it, last year when they had take a tombstone uh, Cena? At Madison, Square, at Madison Square Garden. Well, you know what? Al Snow said it best a few years ago. He said, you know, when, when you look at professional wrestling and you go back to WrestleMania three, who sold, who sold the tickets for that? What was the best match on the card? And most people will tell you at WrestleMania three, it was Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. But in reality, the match that sold the tickets to WrestleMania was Andre and Hogan. And he's right on that. The best match of the night is not the match that is the best match on the card. It's the one that made you pay for it. And so in that respect, Al Snow is correct. Yeah, I very uh, agree. Um, let's see what other news I've got. Um, hey, hang on, Curly. Oh, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and get to the news. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away for a second. I'm going to try and get uh, Kerry Silken on the phone. So you just okay. go right on ahead, man. Okay, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tough Enough, uh, WWE are not, I said, not to be happy with the contestants. Uh, apparently, Tough Enough will be more like um, Hogan Knows Best, not like, the, not like the Ultimate Fighter. Whilst it's not scripted, it's, it's said that they will set up certain spots to happen within the show. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with Tough Enough, because I, I was a big fan of the, the original Tough Enough. So it'd be interesting to see how this comes along on TV post-WrestleMania. Um, apparently there is heat on um, the Pope. The Pope apparently um, acts too much like a face in his promos. So there's heat with him for not acting like a heel. Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but the Pope, to me, is kind of a guy that should be a heel or basically should be a tweener because he can cut a promo and make you laugh, and yet he can uh, cut a promo and pee you off just like when he's feeding with, with Samoa Joe. So I'm thinking that that, that, that guy's a great talent. So it's quite 
it's quite weird to see him get heat for not cutting good enough promos when that guy is probably one of the best c- promo cutters within wrestling. And as JJ t- said it on, on n- numerous times, the Pope was underused in WWE. I mean, his biggest um, achievement in WWE was getting spit off the top rope by Batista on SmackDown. Um, apparently, Kevin Nash has signed a five-year contract within WWE. So, and he's tweet and he, t- and he tweeted, "I have signed a five-year contract with the. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the next five years, all you'll hear about is Diesel. So, Diesel has signed a five-year contract with WWE, and I probably expect him to do some work down in FCW. Um, WWE has also started cracking down on the use of marijuana. Uh, there used to be a fine of $2,500, but apparently this is now been increasing. And if you're also, if you're caught smoking marijuana, not only do you um, get a fine, you also start losing your matches. And they've started getting stricter by they don't even tell talent when they're being tested. The talent are told 20 minutes beforehand that they're getting drug tested, and then they have to go down to the uh, drug testing clinic and uh, get tested. Now I'm not I'm not really one to get really too much into marijuana, but of course we are friends with with Shane Martinez and she is a pro activist about smoking marijuana for medical use. So if wrestlers find it easier to smoke marijuana and not end up doing the pills, who knows? It's probably better for them to end up doing marijuana because it's healthier than doing pills. Um, apparently, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, back by the way, but I don't have Carrie on the line, so let's just continue. Okay. Did did you hear my me say about the Pope be getting heat? Uh, yeah, not I, being. Hit? I heard about that. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Like, it's kind of a bit weird that he because I think he's great on the, on the mic. Well, you know what? Anytime I hear any kind of rumors in regards to anybody from the WWE that works in that company getting heat on something, whether it's Mickey James tweeting about The Rock's return and how epic it was and him responding back to her and her getting heat from the locker room, from the boys in the back, because she's not putting full emphasis into TNA wrestling, it just makes me roll my fucking eyes. You know, again, I'm not going to sit here and, and talk shit about TNA wrestling. I think we all know how I feel about it. But this company needs to lighten up. On the other hand, I can see their point as it relates to the Pope's character. He does try to cut his promos like he's walking that line, like he's still a good guy, but he's you know a good guy with edge. And, right. I mean, bottom line here, they need to figure out how they want to do things. They, they need to know, like, when you're booking this show, you need to know who is doing what. If you got a face, you need to make him a face. If you got a heel, you need to make him a heel. If you're going to have somebody walk that line, sometimes it's not going to work. A guy like Steve Austin had no problem doing it. But over time, Steve Austin went from walking that line to catering to the fans and became a full-fledged fan favorite. And then at the same time, he went from doing that to being a total badass heel. So you have to know how you're doing it. And I think the problem with TNA wrestling is the same problem that a lot of places don't have is that the WWE knows how to modify their characters the correct way. I mean, you're either face or you're heel, or you have a direction for your gimmick. Uh, I think with TNA, it's very, very loose, and you don't have Mm -hmm. any real direction that they put you on. They give you a gimmick, uh, let you come up with your own ideas on how to work that gimmick, 
and they don't really offer a lot of help just from what I'm seeing. And Elijah Burke's obviously playing the Pope character how he would do it, and that's what's causing the problem, in my opinion. Again, if I were running a wrestling company in 2011, this you have creative control over your gimmick, you can disagree to job to somebody, would not happen. If you showed up late when you're working for me, uh, obviously there would be consequences. But that's just how I would run things on my business. So, it again, when you have egos in check, this is what you have to deal with. TNA needs to, to sit their talent down and give them a direction. This company lacks direction, and that's part of the reason that they're failing as much as they are. Just my opinion. Yeah, I think it's a fair degree. Plus, as you know, uh, TNA are a bit too happy on Twitter. And Twitter and TNA are paying you heat because, according to the figure for Weekly, Generation uh, Me have also got heat for using Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, one half of them, I think it was Max, tweeted that that, uh, that they would be missing the pay-per-view last week because of air, the, the, um, their plane being cancelled. And apparently they, they got heat for, for not lying. Like, they, they were told to come up with some storyline that they couldn't get to, to the arena. Right. Which is bizarre. Why would you get heat for that? But, um, one bit of, one, one last bit of news. TNA have signed Angelina from, from, from the, the Jersey Shore. Now, I know, I know fuck all about Jersey Shore, so what is Jersey Shore and who the hell is Angelina? See, I, I'm with you, man. I don't watch the Jersey Shore. If Trey were here, I'm sure he could tell you who she is. You know, here's the thing. We, Dixie Carter, at any given time, will talk about how groundbreaking something is or they have something big to announce. And you've signed someone who's never wrestled a match in her life. And you're not even really training her to the degree that she needs to get trained. Yes. She had three hours of training the, night, oh, the, the day before the show. I mean, I'm not an expert in how to train people to wrestle. I mean, I've been through the training process. I've had a match or two. And I'll be honest, I, I wasn't great, mind you. But if you're going off three hours of wrestling training, and from the spoilers that I've read, it sounds like she looked absolutely the drizzling shit in the ring. It's what you would expect out of someone who's never wrestled a match before. Oh, man, just, just wait. They're teasing a penny that, that she will call out J-Wow. Oh, J-Wow lovely. I have no, yeah. Lovely. You know, so, and, and, and people in chat are making a, a, perfect, uh, a perfect comparison here. You know, we talk about J-Wow. Uh, the Pope talks about Pac-Man Jones, who was a TNA World Tag Team Champion alongside R-Truth and never did a damn thing but stand there while R-Truth wrestled you know, in a handicap match for everybody. Again, what did Pac-Man Jones bring to TNA? Not a damn thing. And I'm telling you, you're all in for a shock because in the, over the course of the next week and a half, I'm going to be sitting down and opening up the mind of one Jeff Jackson a wrestling fan since the age of eight years old, is going to chime in on exactly what he thinks about TNA wrestling. It's going to be entitled An Open Letter to TNA. And once I get it posted, obviously I'll send it to headlockstoheadlines.com. I'll send it to a couple of other outlets, maybe WrestleZone, maybe everywhere else. And I'm going to let TNA, Dixie Carter, and anybody else that is a wrestling fan, I want you to all understand, while someone who has been a wrestling fan all of his life, since the age of eight, could give two shits 
about what TNA does from here on out. Well, like, ever since they announced that that, 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 that chick from Jersey Shore has been signed, this guy has been, has been getting death threats on Twitter. I mean, serious, death threat on Twitter. Because they signed that chick from Jersey Shore. That's sad, man. It really is sad. It really is. Now, my last bit of news, apparently there is concern over Kurt Angle's uh, like well-being. Uh, he was pulled from two main event matches last weekend on the house show tour, and he ended up teaming with Beer Money to face Ink Inc. and Jeff Jarrett. Um, I'm thinking this might have something to do with the whole angle he's working with Jeff Jarrett, Karen Angle, where, because that, that must make you physically sick. And I, I, I think that, that's what's making him feel ill and not be his normal self. Well, you know, everything I keep hearing, people that have talked to Kurt Angle have said that he's okay with it. I personally find that hard to believe that he would be okay with it. I know that if it were me in that situation, I obviously would not. Thank God I am not divorced from Harmony, and thank God I don't have to drag my kids through a bullshit wrestling angle. Uh you know, to further hostilities between myself and, and my former wife. I just, again, I think that they're playing this one far too close to the cuff. The fact that Kurt Angle has had interviews and he says, hey, I'm keeping my options open. My contract is up. You know, when we had him on that big two-hour epic interview on Wrestling News Live, uh, he said he was happy with the company and he saw himself staying there. We asked him about returning to the E, and that wasn't something that he was looking at doing. Uh, it's amazing how six months can change a person's life. And, you know, again, maybe he'll stay with TNA. Maybe he won't. But the bottom line is he's saying that he's keeping his options open. And my question to TNA is what are you guys going to do when Kurt Angle's gone? What are you guys going to do when Hogan and Bischoff leave this year because their contract is up? I mean, Hogan, for a guy that signed a contract for the company, what has he done? What has he done? In the two years that he was there, um, almost he called out Winter Man. He called out Winter Man. Uh, he promised to bring up the ratings, which they're not. They're one point two, one point one. Got they've got they've got rid of six sides. They fired quite a few new talent, aka Christopher Daniels. Uh, don't know what has he done in like. Oh, okay, yes, they've got better TV production, and they've got. A, a few good talent. Like I, I, I'm a big fan of Winter. As much as we hate him, Matt Hardy is a good talent for TNA wrestling. But I'm not sure what TNA will have to do after they leave because, as I, I say, their contract is up. So it'll be interesting to see this time next year where the hell Hulk Hogan is. Do you think he's? Probably, do you think Hulk Hogan would go back to WWE and beg for his job back? At this point, I don't think Hogan would be work uh, would be welcome back in the WWE. Just my opinion. I think this is true. Plus, but I don't know. I, I think they might bring back Bischoff. Like they would literally bring back Bischoff just to make him look like a jackass, and like have him do the most stupendous angles. But that's my fantasy book in there. You know, well, I, that's all the news. I was going to say, I'm looking in the chat room, and uh, I think Mac Daddy was asking the question. What are my thoughts on John Cena's promo this past week and my kids watching it? Um, the, i got to give John Cena credit for the promo that he cut. Obviously, he didn't drop any, any F-bombs. He didn't really uh, do any swearing. And for my 3-year-old and my 10-year-old, 
they really didn't get the double entendre that was being spoken. They didn't understand it. When he said something about polishing his balls in the bowling alley, obviously she thought that, you know, they were talking about the bowling balls. And when he said he looked like a big purple pinwheel, blow me, they kind of thought that was funny too. Um, Again, it's a little risque when you think about it, but I really didn't have as big a problem with it as I thought I was going to, going back and watching it again. So, yeah. I mean, it it was tongue-in-cheek humor. I thought Cena brought it. I thought he brought out the edge that he needed to, and he completely buried The Rock after what The Rock said to him. So I thought it went pretty well. It's it's just going to be interesting to see where this goes from here on out. Yeah, and like uh, I think we will see that. I think we will see some massive interaction between The Rock and Cena at Mania. I said, I, I said to you before, I'm thinking that we will have a ref bump. The Rock will come out. He'll tease Rock, tease beating up the Miz, t- turn around Rock Bottom's Cena, and then does and then does does the people's elbow, and then Miz Miz wins. But then the guy, if they have money in the bank, catches in on, on that night. But that's my fancy book. So that's all my news for today. So. We can hit a break. No, we could. I could try and get uh, Silken on, but then again, I've only I've only got ten minutes to talk because we've got Christopher Daniels at nine thirty, or I guess at eleven thirty Eastern. So, uh, we could try one more time, and then if it comes to worse, we'll just come up and go talk to Christopher Daniels. Well, I tell you what, why don't you find something to talk about real quick? I'll try him again. Um, something to talk about. Thanks for that. Um. Now, I'd love to hear your, your guys in the chat room's thoughts on the whole Rock Cena thing. Like, how far will it go? Because I'm thinking, like I say, ref bump at, at Mania, and this course sets up. I think they have three matches. I think they have one, no, sorry, two matches. They, they, they have one at SummerSlam and one at Mania, so they get equal. And I've, and you know what, I've, I'm, I'm thinking about the Rock. The Rock, like, because the Rock's not wrestled, what, seven years, eight years? Will he be really having rust? Yes. But I'm thinking and hoping that Cena can drag The Rock to a good match because as much as we might hate John Cena, Cena and The Rock would kind of be a lot like Hogan versus The Rock. It would be so much money for them. And I'm not quite sure because if The Rock's saying this stuff and according to sources, his, 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 promo, was, his promo was scripted word for word. So he's saying what the WWE said for him to do. So this is, of course, setting up something to happen in the future. And I've said, I've, I think I said this before on the Coldcast or at some point. Is, wait, is waiting for SummerSlam too long? It depends because The Rock won't be there week in, week out. The Rock will be there on occasions. And I'm thinking they could use these occasions, like probably like three-hour roars to build the feud. And like, because if The Rock was there week in, week out, you would have to get this feud over quickly because he, because you you tell tell a story in such a short time. But by having him appear there on the monthly or bi-monthly, you can spread this over a longer period of time. So I'm thinking, why 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 would the Rock wrestle? Because because I believe that WrestleMania. Is in, no, sorry, I believe that that SummerSlam's in in his hometown. And yeah, I think it's in Los the, Angeles, isn't it? Is it? I believe so. I think they're going to have it at the Staples Center. I think that's that's become a tradition for SummerSlam to be in Los Angeles. Um, so I think that's kind of the uh, the direction they're going to go. If there is going to be a Rock Cena confrontation or a match, 
I mean, granted, I would rather see it at the big one, WrestleMania, but the bottom line is if they can't make that happen and they're wanting to tease the interaction uh, with John Cena and obviously The Rock, then why not do it at, at uh, SummerSlam and try to pop up the biggest buy rate you can for SummerSlam, which, you know, the buy rates have been down the last couple of years for that show. You've already got uh, probably a pretty good buy rate leaving WrestleMania with that show. So why not try to pop one at uh, at SummerSlam? I think it makes uh, makes sense. I've called Kerry again, and uh, he's not answering. So if he calls okay. tonight, we'll bring him on. If not, you know, whatever. It is what it is. This is live radio, folks. Shit like this happens. Obviously, they just wrap the show over at Ring of Honor. So we'll, you know, hopefully hear from Kerry in a bit. Sounds good. So we so we hit a break for like a few minutes, or we're we gonna keep talking. Um, we'll take a break here in just a minute. So, okay. I mean, so, 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 what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a good idea to have John Cena and The Rock at SummerSlam? I'm thinking, and if like the Rock signs on for this, you have one at SummerSlam and one at Mania, and you have The Rock go over at SummerSlam, and then you have Cena week after week call him out, and then at, at WrestleMania you have Cena go over The Rock. Okay. And then, the, and then, and then, of course, The Rock's gone over in his hometown. Fans are happy. Sees uh, over at Mania, it means that that the box has 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 given him the rub. And and, I, and make no mistake about it. I mean, the whole purpose of having John Cena and The Rock have a match is for The Rock to put John Cena over. Yes. I mean, there, there's no way around it. You, you can't obviously bring him in and have him beat. Uh, John Cena. I mean, it, it, it would be ridiculous. Now, I, I did want to comment on something that I heard from that uh, from that busted up old fossil Hulk Hogan this week. He right. came out and made the made the remark that the WWE buried John Cena when The Rock came out and cut his promo. Really, of all the things that Hulk Hogan, a broken down old fossil who really hasn't been relevant in this business for at least 10 years, comes on and says the WWE buried John Cena with those comments. So John Cena comes out on Raw this week and does a fantastic job of putting The Rock back in his place to up the ante. I don't think Hogan was, was right at all. This coming from a guy who supposedly has creative input in a company that is failing miserably right now. I mean, I just don't get that. You know, just because Hogan was the top guy at one point, you'd never see a promo like that back in the WWE when he was the champion against him. I see that point. But really, they buried John Cena? Does anybody really believe that? I think it depends because they have spent so long trying to get him over with the fans because, of course, it's the core thing to boost him right now. And, like, I think... Cena has just started getting a, a kind of warm reaction from the crowd. And then you have the guy that the fans have been waiting for years and years to come back, like literally say, he sucks. It does kind of destroy some of the credibility they build up. Yeah, but we're talking the Cena haters are saying that he sucks. His fans are not going to boo him. My kids are not booing him because The Rock is back. I mean, seriously, it, he's still keeping that base. And when it's all said and done and the feud is done... You don't think that the kids are going to be right back on the John Cena bandwagon? Yeah, uh, like of course you 
you're you're going to have these uh, that we love the old WWF um, uh, agitator. We want the Rock back every single week. We want Austin back. We want Schumacher's back. And of course, those are the old school fans that would go that go to wrestling events to basically boo John Cena. Like when when Cena was fired from WWE, do you remember when they had him when he had the crowd go, "Okay, kids, you you say Cena, uh, let's go Cena crowd, you say that uh, Cena sucks." There, there's such a diverse split between who hates him and who loves him, and I love the fact that Cena probably ends up picking them off. Like that one week when he when he went and hugged a guy wearing Cena sucks shirt. Yeah. Like Cena can work the crowd. It's it's, it's fantastic. Well, you know what? It is what it is. We'll we'll cover this topic a little bit more. I just I don't agree with with Hulk Hogan's viewpoint on things. I mean, things are obviously not the same since he was in the E. And someone who lives in a glass house probably shouldn't throw stones is what I'm saying. Let's let's face it. TNA's made a lot of mistakes on their own. So let's go ahead and take our break. Uh, we come back. I'm going to bring Christopher Daniels on the show. So with that said, you are listening to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Seamus! I 
can't believe what I just saw. Ted DiBiase, the big boss man, Dusty Rhodes, Road Warrior of Road Warrior Animal, Jerry the King Lawler, Michael Hayes, Chris Jericho, Ted DiBiase Jr., Cody Rhodes, it's our truth, Mark Henry. It's the greatest roster of all time. WWE All-Stars, two generations, one ring. In stores, March 29th. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Ring of Honor Wrestling celebrates its ninth anniversary on February 26 in Chicago. And you can watch it worldwide live on iPay-Per-View. Roderick Strong defends the ROH world title against the number one contender, Homicide. The Kings of Wrestling defend the ROH world tag team titles against the All Night Express. And in a dream tag team match, the Briscoe brothers face Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. February 26, GoFightLive.tv. ROH's ninth anniversary. Eddie Edwards, you deserve a rematch. Anybody can beat anybody once, but nobody will ever beat Eddie Edwards twice in one night. So what do you say? A little more time? And how about two out of three falls? Whenever we don't have the Ring of Honor tag team titles, the stuff ain't right. You guys have never faced a team the caliber of Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. We don't raise the bar, we are the bar. We're the standard here. What we've accomplished, another tag team can do. To be honest with you, I really don't even give a damn. You're gonna find out, as good as you guys think you are, we're better. We're not coming to Chicago to prove anything. We're coming to Chicago to take something. That's the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles. All Night Express, if, if they ever got in the ring with uh, the Kings of Wrestling, they'd be the, the Five Minute Express, because that's all it would take to beat them. They feel like we have no shot. That actually means they're sleeping on us. I love to be wrestling. We're not hiding. We're right here. Look, we're waiting. In Chicago, it's going to be an embarrassment. You ruined the greatest night of my life. The only thing you have to do right now, Homicide, is apologize for what you did. I came here for one goal. I'll do whatever it takes to keep this belt right here. I want my belt back.
guys, what's up? This is Lauren Mayhew, and you are listening to JJ Sexay on SNS Network. All right, guys, we're back right here, unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, you heard in the commercial break, uh, we're setting up for tomorrow's Ring of Honor ninth anniversary show. And joining me on the phone lines right now, we have the current Ring of Honor television champion, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. What's going on tonight? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. Cool, cool. So how was, how was the show tonight? Tonight went very well, man. Dayton's a great uh, market for us, and uh, the fans are always live. And uh, I think we put on an extra special show for them tonight uh, with the match, the main event, Davey Richards and the uh, world's greatest tag team against the Kings of Wrestling and Roddy Strong. Um, well, let's just say this is awesome was heard a lot tonight, so good on us. And you actually took on Michael Elgin tonight. Yeah, Michael Elgin, uh, you know, the newest House of Truth member, and uh, he's somebody that's going to make a name for himself. He's a very talented guy, and uh, I got out of there with the victory, but uh, it could have gone either way, man. He's a tough character. So Now, I, I guess the big question for me is you've been around Ring of Honor uh, pretty much since the inception. You're one of the originals from Ring of Honor. How does it feel to be celebrating nine years of this company? Well, um, you know, it's funny. I've been asked that question a couple of times in the last couple of months, and I always say, like, on the first day, I had no idea that Ring of Honor was going to become what it means to professional wrestling. Uh, you know, I feel like Ring of Honor has become synonymous with great wrestling. And, uh, you know, that's a testament to nine years of some of the greatest wrestlers in the world coming through this company and putting their best effort in the ring, uh, you know, Guys like Brian Danielson and Lowkey and Samoa Joe and CM Punk, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards, um, you know, nine years of great guys, Nigel McGinnis, uh, you know. So I, it's, a, it's a testament that these guys busted their ass in Ring of Honor Ring, and now because of that, uh, nine years later, here we are celebrating something that means professional wrestling to its fans. Absolutely. Uh, I want to introduce you to my co-host uh, joining us on the line as well. We have uh, HeadlocksToHeadlines.com, Chris Kelly on the line. Chris, are you there? Hey, man, what's good? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. <laughs> so, of course, tomorrow night you will be, you will be facing um, Eddie Edwards for your, t for your TV title. What, what do you think the fans can expect on, on the show? What do you think you guys can offer? the fans of WWE and TNA? I feel like, the, uh, you know, when it comes down to actual in-ring competition, Eddie Edwards and Christopher Daniels might be the absolute definition of that particular term. I mean, this isn't an issue where, you know, he cost me the title or I, you know, slashed his tires or I stole his girlfriend. He just wants to be television champion, and I am television champion, and we just want to prove who the better man is. Um, I respect Eddie Edwards. He's one of my favorite uh, opponents since I've returned to Ring of Honor, and I think he's got a great future in front of him. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be the better man on two separate occasions now, and, uh, you know, tomorrow's going to be a big test for me. Uh, but it's a test that I look forward to because I'm – one of the reasons I came back to Ring of Honor is to prove that I still can wrestle with the best in the world, that I'm still – one of the top guys in the business today, and uh, I'm going to prove it tomorrow by beating Eddie Edwards two out of three. Mm. So the fans can check out the uh, show 
Sedmo over on GoFight.tv. So, what 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 do you think overall the fans can expect tomorrow tomorrow night when they buy the pay per view? What what do you think they can expect that will differ from be it a WWE or TNA pay per view? Well, I think that Ring of Honor has always put a premium on the in ring action. Um, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't stuff where you're going to get five or six cuts to the back. Uh, you know, this is bell to bell, dollar to dollar, the best wrestling in the world. And, um, you know, each one of us prides ourselves on, on being one of the best, one of the best companies, one of the best wrestlers. Uh, we go out there and we put it on the line. Every night we're in a ring. On a ring. And uh, like I said, for your dollar, you're not going to get better wrestling. Uh, you know, per minute, per dollar, per uh, move, you're not going to get better than Ring of Honor. Well, absolutely, and you're looking at what fourteen ninety nine, I believe, is the price on uh, on GoFightLive.tv, correct? Absolutely, yep, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, you you can't beat the price. That obviously WWE TNA, you're looking at paying what thirty five, forty five dollars for a, for a pay per view. So, yeah, it's definitely worth the investment. And uh, unfortunately, in my neck of the woods here in Canada, the only way that I'm catching any kind of Ring of Honor shows, since we don't have have HD net, uh, I try to catch things obviously on YouTube, on the Internet, as much as I can. Uh, but I'm definitely looking at purchasing the pay-per-view tomorrow. Uh, I mean, this is a stacked card. I mean, from top to bottom, this looks like it could be the show of the year. Absolutely. You know, uh, Roderick Strong versus Homicide. Uh, you know, Kings of Wrestling versus All Night Express. Uh, Haas and Benjamin against the Briscoes. I mean, those are, those are main events anywhere. And, and, and then me and Eddie, you throw that in, and the rest of the show, I mean... You know, Colt Cabana versus Davey Richards could main event anywhere. And, uh, you know, that's part of the show, man. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I think Ring of Honor has always been great at is putting together these key matchups that, that wrestling fans are, are, are aching to see. I think it's fair to say if, pe- if people want real, like, hardcore wrestling, not the stuff that you get within WWE or TNA, go watch Ring of Honor because th- these guys put their balls on line each night. So I would definitely recommend. And you know what? Tomorrow night, the pay-per-view starts at 4 a.m. My, my time. I will be up at 4 a.m. watching the show, man. Now, I, I guess really... Uh, go to bed early, everybody. That's right. Go to bed early and then uh, wake up and watch the, <laughs> watch the pay-per-view. Um, I guess my question yeah, really, yeah. really to you is this. Have you noticed a, a major change, obviously, since your last TNA run coming back into Ring of Honor uh, as compared to your original run? Uh, is everything still running pretty much the same? Uh, I mean, how would you rate the, the product? Well, I think the product hasn't changed as much as, you know, the faces have changed, but the goal has always been the same. You know, it's always been a matter of, you know, like I said, they put the premium on what happens in between those ropes. Um, I feel like the business model for Ring of Honor has changed since, uh, you know, there's so much uh, Internet product prevalent and the DVD has sort of gone by the wayside as far as, like, how you get your wrestling these days. But, um, you know, I think that's why Ring of Honor has gotten into the, uh, the internet pay-per-view business. It's the new sort of wave um, to, to get out there and be seen by, by the fans. Um, but as far as, like, what you're going to see from bell to bell, I don't think it's changed just, uh, you know, when Brian Danielson left, Tyler Black came in. When Tyler Black left, Davey Richards came in. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, it, it's like they say, the, the names have changed, but the songs remain the same, man. 
Absolutely. I've got a couple questions in the chat room. Uh, one of them is from the Sensational Sequel. He's a huge fan of Steve Carino, and he's actually curious, uh, do you like working with Steve Carino? I think Steve Carino is probably one of the most underrated guys in professional wrestling. I've known him for more than a decade, and I think he's super intelligent. He brings a lot to the product, and as a veteran in our locker room now, uh, I feel like he brings so much to the table, so much knowledge, and he's so creative, and uh, I absolutely love working with Steve. Now, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you've, you've had a pretty long night, and you've obviously got a, a pretty early flight in the morning. But if you could pretty yeah. much sum things up, if you, could, if you could put it in perspective, to anyone out there who's not had the opportunity to watch Ring of Honor, who's, you know, I mean, not that there's a lot of people out there that probably don't know what Ring of Honor is, but if you could say anything to anyone out there listening to this show tonight that has never watched Ring of Honor, what would you tell them to entice them to buy this show tomorrow night? Um, I feel like Ring of Honor kind of harkens back to the stuff I watched as a kid in terms of the NWA and the Mid-Atlantic days and watching guys like Ric Flair and Roddy Piper and, and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, uh, you know, Buddy Landell, Terry Taylor, those guys that went in there and, and just battled and balled and technical wrestled and all of that, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to see on Ring of Honor. It is straight-up wrestling. And if it's something that you've been missing for the last couple of years because, uh, you know, the, the, the term sports entertainment has become prevalent, uh, this is an opportunity to go back to the days when wrestling was wrestling. And that's Ring of Honor, man. That's uh, from top to bottom, from front to back. That's what Ring of Honor has always been about is professional wrestling. We're professional wrestlers. I'm proud to say I'm a wrestler. I'm proud to say I'm a professional wrestler. I've been fortunate enough to do this for 18 years. I'm, uh, you know, I make my living doing this, and I love what I do, and it's professional wrestling, and that's what Ring of Honor is all about. Absolutely. That's awesome. When I think of Ring of Honor, it kind of harkens me back to when you said Tully Blanchard. It really does kind of remind me uh, like, a, like a territorial system in Ring of Honor because you're always getting that new talent influx, and a lot of the veterans go on, and obviously we've seen guys like CM Punk uh, become multiple world champions. Same with Samoa Joe. Obviously, AJ Styles had a run there. Has done some pretty big things in the business. So, I, I would have to agree with you in that in that respect. Well, yeah, man. I, I you know, and you look at the roster today. Um, I'm sure a lot of these guys at some point are going to be tapped to go on to TNA or go on to WWE. Um, you know, it's just the way of the world. But uh, you know, the, the good thing about Ring of Honor is they've always got their finger on the pulse of the guys that are coming up. And, uh, you know, when somebody like Tyler Black leaves, that opens a spot for guys that are hungry to make their name, to make uh, their showing in the ring, uh, to, to sort of open themselves up to that spotlight. That's what I, I love about Ring of Honor, man. You, you, the next big thing is, is uh, in that locker room. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for stopping by tonight. Obviously, we're going to be watching you tomorrow night on iPay-Per-View. Uh, the ninth anniversary show from Chicago, Illinois. You're going to be defending tomorrow night. Uh, best two out of three falls, and hopefully we'll see you retain that title tomorrow night. We're definitely going to give it a That's check out. Hope. That's uh, my hope. Thanks very much, man. This is Christopher Daniels, and the gospel according to the fallen angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Thank you so much, man. We'll be checking you out tomorrow night, and I'll be in touch. I'd love to bring you back on for uh, more more time in the future. But uh, thanks for stopping by oh, tonight. Man.
All right, man, we appreciate no problem, it. Man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Good luck tomorrow night. Peace. All right, thanks. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, the current Ring of Honor television champion. Unfortunately, guys, I wish we could have had a longer interview, but uh, he's got an early flight here in the next couple of hours, so uh, he was gracious enough to grace us uh, with a little bit of time here tonight to promote the show I'm looking forward to seeing this show. I, I, some way or another, I am going to be watching this show tomorrow night because it looks, yeah. from top to bottom, like a completely kick-ass show. I, I actually bought that art pay-per-view, or so the art pay-per-view, and it was fantastic. It had people like awesome talking in it. So if this, like, and Chris put it over there, like, like a million bucks, I will be buying this show tomorrow. It's like, what, $14? It's like nothing compared to WWE or TNA. Oh, absolutely. So if it fails, it's $14. But if it and but if it does what anybody does and succeeds, it's money well spent. I agree. I agree. So with that said, I think we covered all the news pretty much, right? I mean, we're, we're yeah. pretty much done with the news segment. Yes. And unfortunately, we haven't heard from Silken. So uh, apparently, apparently, the show just ended. Just now. Yes. The, 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 they had the main event, and then and then Kerry walked out and did a promo. But now it's over. Well, I tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. Um, why don't I get the sensational sequel to call in? And while you guys are bantering back and forth, I'm going to try Silken one last time. Okay. And if we get him, we get him. If we don't, we don't. Bottom line, I'm sold Um, on the pay-per-view tomorrow anyway. Yes. um, And by the way, that was one of the best lines I've ever heard. That was a fantastic line. Well, it's Christopher Daniels. You can't go wrong with this guy. I mean, I've I've had the uh, the privilege of working with him a few times in my career, uh, in both uh, NWA Universal, which was NWA Oklahoma, and then I worked with him for a little bit, a couple times when he was up here in Canada. He worked uh, for Stampede Wrestling and had matches with uh, Ravenous Randy Myers, and I think a few other talents. But uh, he's a great guy to to talk with. He's a great guy to work with. And uh, it's always fun talking with the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. But with that said, I think on the phone line right now, the sensational sequel is on the line. That's right. I'm right here. So I will let you and the fucking foreign kid banter back and forth. And let me see if I can get this working. That's good. Curly, I I want to throw this out to you. I mean, um, sorry. Uh, I know we've got the spoiler that came out. Uh, Spoiler. Three, two, one. Uh, TNA brought back Sting. I mean, I think they did a good job with that. I mean, TNA was thrown out there like, we haven't heard from Sting. We don't know what's going on with Sting. No one's heard from Sting, so we don't know what he's going, what's going on. They take him off the, the TNA um, roster, and then all of a sudden, he shows back up. I mean, that's pretty good for TNA to do that, I feel. And... I mean, and- if you think about it, because because they because they are pre-taped and people read spoilers, and everyone, including me, you, and everyone, reads spoilers, we we now know that Sting's gonna be there, and we know that Sting, spoiler, 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 wins the battle. So yeah, that, I mean they they kind of screwed themselves over with the spoiler. I mean the uh the the pre-tapes. If they had waited until the show itself, and then say, you know what, uh, we had this guy in the back. We're gonna bring him out. And then all of a sudden the lights go out and they're Sting. I mean, if they had done that, that would have been amazing. I would have actually enjoyed the show. Um, the show was two and a half hours away. I could have gone, but um, nothing against 
TNA, but I mean, they really didn't have anything that I wanted to enjoy. But if I had known Sting was going to be there, I would have shown up at the door, got a front row ticket, and been happy. Well, like, here's but, the thing that I've that I've said like, do you know, do you know when they debuted the Minimum Mafia? Wasn't that a live show from Las Vegas? Why couldn't they do a live show from North Carolina? I don't know. North Carolina is and will possibly always be the home of wrestling. I mean, NWA started right here in North Carolina, in Charlotte. I mean, it's pretty much North Carolina was the breeding ground for a lot of wrestling. And TNA kind of screwed us over by saying, hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to pre-tape. We're not, we're not giving you a live show. That was well, the stupidest it, thing they, they ever done. Yeah, because like if they had done a live taping, no, no, sorry, like a live show of Sting returning, I'm pretty sure because because the whole the, like think about how quickly word gets on Twitter or the internet in general. Okay, how quickly people would turn over to see what Sting had to say or what Sting was doing back in TNA, because like myself, you and everyone had spent the last month going Sting's going to do WWE. And see him back in TNA on a live show, like give like have him have him win the world title and then and then give him a microphone and just have him explain why he's back. That would have been a huge rating. That would be more than any pre-tape show. And you know what? It might be a risk, but I think it would, I think I think it would have been a good risk by by having it a live show. It would have been probably the smartest move on on TNA's part. Excuse me. Um, if TNA. If, TNA. If TNA had done a live show, I would have been there. No problems whatsoever. I would have said, hey, guess what? I'm going to Fayetteville. Um, I'm going up there to do this, so I'll be back in a couple hours. I mean, I would have loved to have gone to a pre uh, a live show, and then it, they could have done a pre-tape of next week. I mean, the next week. I wouldn't have cared. I just wanted to see Sting. I mean, to be able to enjoy seeing Sting live in person is definitely something that's only going to have happen once in a while, uh, once in a lifetime, really. I mean, not everyone gets to see Sting live in person. Um, Woo! Uh, Woo! I'm going to mean that carries on to his phone. No, he's not. He's not. Carrie, okay. Carrie is not going to be joining us. Tonight. I just talked to him. He actually, they wrapped the show, and he is uh, in transit with, I believe, senior referee. So uh, he apologized for the inconvenience. We'll make sure that we have everything lined up next time out. But uh, he was glad to hear that we had uh, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels on the show. So unfortunately, we're not going to have our locker room exclusive like I thought we were. So uh, yeah. damn, Sean, that means you've got to fill, t- fill content. I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> well, I do have this rant that I want to get on, and I've got some little bit of news that I have. To, I need to go over, so I don't. I don't. I got some. I got some stuff I can fill it with. Well, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to sit back and let you rant. Then, how's that? Well, I'm going to go over new f- news first. I want to save the rant for a little bit. Okay, build, build get, up wanna, the suspense. I want to get mad again. I I, I really need because I got to look at this picture that I got on the computer, and I really got to get mad. Um, so let's go with uh, some gaming news. Um. In a kind of a preset to the uh, the next gen portable system coming out with Sony, they have cut the price to the PSP uh, to one hundred and thirty dollars. Um, it used to be one hundred seventy dollars uh, mass re- retail. They have cut it by forty dollars to uh, one hundred and thirty for the all three thousand uh, systems. 
Uh, the bundle systems will will be reduced to 160, but the PSP Go price, which is the little one that flips up and down, will remain at 200. Um, if Sony was smart, they would get rid of the PSP Go period because it didn't sell like they were hoping. Um, but the fact that the PSP has dropped in price to 130 actually means that I may have a chance at buying it. Um, I wasn't looking forward to buying one, but I'm more looking forward to an NGP, the next-gen portable systems coming out, which is aka the PSP2, which has PS3-style graphics. Uh, once that comes out, I will be buying that, no questions no, no questions whatsoever, because that actually looks like a great, great system. Uh, Mortal Kombat has been refused classification in Australia. Uh, just one more Australia not to have is the new Mortal Kombat game. Uh, this just sure. in, breaking news story from, uh, from Australia. Apparently, uh, radio show host Mace has decided to behead the Prime Minister of Australia for banning Mortal Kombat, showing that, yes, this is choreographed video game violence. Watch me rip the head off the Prime Minister, a la Sub-Zero. Finish him! Well, that's kind of like when they banned... Um, they I can hear him ranting right now. Is like, he in the chat room? It, it, no, he's no, not in the not. chat room. But knowing Mace the way that I do, I know that motherfucker is pissed off right now. Expect like, a major rant from that dude. If they if it was smart, they would release the blood and gore at DLC because because in Australia they they cannot actually rate DLC, and that and that's how they got around um, Division Two. How they, the hell would you re- make it? D- you you can't make a function of the game DLC. No, it would. That's, that's how they got around it. They, they got around uh, Divine 2, they released a game, and then had the, the Blood and Gore DLC. Free that is the stupidest shit. Like, I don't understand the people in Australia that, that fucking lay down this shit, right? I, it, it kills me. Oh, the, the, easiest thing, the easiest thing for them to do is just import it from uh, either Japan or United States, and I'm pretty sure that three-quarters of the country who own 360s own a either region one or a region three region uh, one of the other regions whatever region uh, Asia or Europe is in uh, I'm pretty sure they own one of those other regions instead of o- owning a whatever region Australia is so um, classification don't care anymore if you held out on buying the move uh, now is your chance to buy the move for the PS3 along with SOCOM 4 uh, SOCOM 4 will be bundled with the move in a $150 full deployment edition. Uh, what it comes with is it comes with the controller, the navigation controller, the, the camera, the gun attachment for the controller, and SOCOM 4. I remember, I remember the time that Australia banned sex, and then they started dying because nobody was multiplying. I mean, those were good times in the old Australia. Do you guys remember that? You know, like the whole population died out because nobody was allowed to have sex because it was banned in Australia. Uh, SOCOM 4 will be coming out Tough on crap. April 19th. And, uh, I mean, it's a pretty good deal, I'd have to say. You can actually just get uh, what it comes with, once again, is the, mo- the move controller, the navigation controller, the sharpshooter gun attachment, and the PlayStation Eye camera, which is all required for the move. Um, I'm Take actually away concerned my buying- baby! Take away my baby! Oh, God. Um, moving on. 
If you own a PS3, there's a few new games that have been added to the greatest hits for the PS3, which are all for $30. Uh, this includes the Uncharted 2 Game of the Year Edition, God of War 3, uh, THQ's UFC 2010, and Heavy Rain has been added to this list also, which is pretty much one of the greatest games that came out in 2010. Um, if you didn't get a chance to play it, now is your chance to buy Heavy Rain for $30 if you want to experience a psycho psycho trip, I guess we'll call it. Uh, it's pretty um, it's a pretty darn good game. Psycho trip. I was wondering where you're, if you were going to go with something there. Yeah, you know, sound effects. It's, it's my job here. Okay. Got to jazz um, this shit up. Uh, viral marketing has screwed up once again for Activision. Viral marketing has slipped dog tags from Modern Warfare 3. On these dog tags is Lieutenant General Shepard uh, from the previous games. Uh, there's Shepard on pretty much all of them. And on the backside of the dog tags, which are covered in blood, by the way, um, it says, In the war, find Makarov.com is the website that's on it. Um, pretty much this is them setting up for uh, Modern Warfare 3, which has not really been announced yet. So this is them kind of screwing themselves over. Uh, Activision has said there's, there seems to be a great deal of speculation about the next Call of Duty project. Let me be clear that we are not revealing yet. Anything indicating otherwise is a hoax. So pretty much um, Activision is saying we haven't really said we're coming out with the game yet. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, another gaming thing is uh, I picked up Bulletstorm this week. Have you seen anything about this, JJ? I have. People are saying it's like the worst fucking video game ever or some shit. The worst shooter ever. Uh, it's not, in all honesty. It's, it's actually pretty darn fun. Um, I'll have to give it to I to it Entertainment. No, not it Entertainment. Um, whoever the creators of Gears of War, I, it completely slips my mind right oh, now. Oh, Cliffy B. Yeah, Cliffy B. That crazy bastard. Um, they've uh, they did a really good game. Epic, Epic Games. That's what it is. Um, they've done a really good game on uh, Bulletstorm. It's actually. A lot of foul language. Um, the shooting for points is actually pretty cool. Uh, I, if you shoot somebody in the throat, uh, you get points for that. If you yeah. shoot somebody in the face, Hell like yeah. in the eye. Hell yeah. I like that. Um, I like that. You get points for shooting motherfuckers in the throat and the face. That promotes violence better than anything um, else. That's awesome, dude. Look, really? And then also when you snipe, you could... Uh, I say also when you snipe, you can li- you can literally control the bullet. Yeah, that's actually that's the part I'm on now. Um, you can control Sorry. the bullet <laughs> as it gets closer; it slows down. You can control the bullet as the uh, the enemy is trying to move. And uh, there's different different ways you can get points. Uh, one of them was uh, it was called uh, rear entry, is where you <laughs> get somebody right in the ass. Obviously, that doesn't and, happen in Australia. It's probably bad. <laughs> Oh my lord! Um, it's actually uh, 500 points for the first time. Uh, groin shots are 500 points the first time when you shoot somebody. You're straight in the nuts. 
Um, it's a pretty hilarious game. Um, they've done a good job with it. And uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm still in Act 2, but I've already heard that the end is left wide open for a sequel. That's awesome. It Sorry. is, and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to it because uh, this one has been fun so far, so I might as well give the other one a try. Um, hopefully, I will have uh, I'll have a, re a review for that and Killzone Three next week. Um, I've got Killzone Three sitting here at the house, and I haven't had a chance to play it. Hopefully, going to get some time on uh, this weekend as I'm off for the next four days to get my gaming back up and to. Uh, get some sleep, which is something I really need. As I was saying, is that all the fucking game news you have, or, or what else is on your plate tonight, man? That was all the game news. Um, there's not really much out there left. Uh, they're, they are currently looking at, um, There's the company who owns DJ Hero is currently looking at trying to get the company back out and hopefully seeing if they can, excuse me, see if they can uh, possibly continue the DJ Hero series. Um, that's basically all the news I had this week. There's some more that I'm going to look into. Um, there's a uh, convention coming up. I believe GDC is next week, so we're going to get some new gaming news. Uh, apparently, there's some major announcements on the on the verge to come out uh, in the next few weeks. So um, as they come out, we will definitely have them right here for you at Unplugged. Cool, man. I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait to hear about oh, yeah. what's going on at GDC. It's it's going to be great. I mean, I'm looking forward to really seeing because I I want to see what announcements. I want to see if they're going to announce Call of Duty, um, World War Three. Uh, not World War Three. Um, <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. Um, I'm hoping for some announcements on Half Life. I'm hoping for some announcements. Uh, pretty much anything that's going to give me announcements worthwhile about Mass Effect, Dragon Age, any of the major games coming out this year. That'd be kind of cool. Speaking of speak, speaking of Dragon Age, hang on a second, hang on a second. Okay. Speaking of Dragon Edge, Dragon Age. See, I'm Ezekiel already. Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. God, I love that movie. That's fucking awesome. They're like, what in the world is JD doing? Is he high? is he really that high right now? That he's got to do this. <laughs> that was awesome. That was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, it's Trainwreck Radio here. Uh, most people advertise that. It really whoa, does whoa, whoa, happen. Whoa. We cannot use that term. We cannot call ourselves Trainwreck Radio, as impeaching on another show. Oh fuck them! Fuck Wait, them! Would, I make Trainwreck not... Radio successful? Come on. No, that's my job. I made train radio successful. Until they played Mousetrap. Moving on. Destroy the show. I cannot. Yes. I cannot um, get in my chat room. I'm. I'm. I'm there, but I'm not there. I'm in private chat hell, and I can't get into my own chat room. Why is this? I, I don't understand. 
I'm tired uh, of I'm these sure. motherfucking problems on this motherfucking show. <laughs> oh my lord! All right, Sean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you the ample opportunity right here, right now. Yes, Bronx, I can see you, but I can't see my main page. You motherfucker. <laughs> so if you private message me, I can get you. I can see you, but I can't see my main chat room. Anyway, Sean, the floor is yours. Fucking rant away, or I'm going to fucking do it. I got it. Um, this past Monday, we got the, the 221, blah, blah, blah. Um, I really got a little ticked off this Monday. I mean, we all knew who it was they were going to show. I mean, we, we figured it out. But there was still the speculation. There was somebody else in. Okay. I just heard myself. Um, there was speculation running wild that there was a second person, and we didn't know who the second person was. Um, speculation was left. running wild, brother. Speculation. Oh, yeah. Um... Everybody thought it was Shawn Michaels because of uh, a few of the websites were saying we're comparing pictures between two of the images, and a few others were saying it was Sting. Um, yes, we knew the Undertaker was coming back, but the fact that that WWE fully let out before the show even came on that the Undertaker was back by having his freaking symbol hanging from the ceiling for everyone to see. They showed it multiple times. For the entire crowd, I mean, the crowd knew, knew he was there. I mean, no, no doubts about that. But the, the home crowd did not know. I mean, all we saw when they came back was this symbol hanging there as they're showing one of the wrestlers, and they're looking straight up at him, and there's a symbol. Okay, why are you showing this? When they go to Alberto Del Rio on the stage, he points, and there's the symbol. WWE, are you, are you, have you lost enough money from... Linda McMahon's uh, Senate run that you can't buy a black sheet and place over the symbol so that we can't see it until the fact that um, until the fact that he comes out. I mean, come on. I know you, you. I know you told us about this last week about who it was, but the fact is that we want to be surprised still. I mean, yes, the coming back was awesome intro. The new symbol looked amazing. It was a bunch of flashing bulbs. Yes, it's great. Oh, wow. But no, let's not fool the fans. Let's show them who exactly who is coming back. The Undertaker, yes. The Undertaker, there's his symbol above the crowd. Uh, it, yes. Uh, we're Hold on. Let me be real, real. Uh, let me be real with you right now, okay? You talk about that stupid Undertaker symbol that looked like it was something out of a fucking Broadway number. Yeah, that's I, I, I literally expected the Undertaker to come dancing out to "It's a Raining Man, Hallelujah." I was I was afraid that might happen. I, I mean, did anybody else get that vibe? I mean, can we say G A Y? Anybody? I mean, come on. Anybody? I mean, if he had, I wouldn't have cared because of the fact I was so ticked off that the symbol was there. They were showing the symbol to everybody at home, and I'm serious. WWE, if you can't buy a freaking black sheet and put it over that, black the entire arena out, have them lower it from the ceiling, just don't let us see it on camera multiple times before this actual event. I mean, I have so many problems with that. It was no offense to Flair, no offense to 
anybody else, but it was TNA-ish, the way they did it. it, it well, to uh, be fair... Go ahead, Curly. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, to, to, to be fair, they did kind of ruin who it was the week prior, when they showed the figure of Undertaker walking in the house. You could quite, yeah, you, you, you could quite clearly see his hat and his, and his figure and his coat. Yes, I know that, but the fact is, what if somebody who was coming in hadn't seen those commercials? What well, if they, they hadn't, hadn't even it. seen any of that? I mean, the fact is, you've got a person coming back who to from re- to wrestling because they want to see The Rock. Now they're coming back. They haven't seen these commercials. And then all of a sudden, they come back and like, why is the Undertaker symbol up there? I thought he was wrestling. But, but he then he comes out. But he would advertise for that show. He was on local advertisement. He he was on advertisement for that show. Everyone knew he was going to be there. They, they were advertising his return. It's... Not everyone reads the spoilers. Not everyone reads no, the dirt sheets. It wasn't the spoilers. I mean, it's... It wasn't the spoilers. It, 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 was, it, was, it, it was on, the, on the website for the arena. It's not on the website for every single person to see. It wasn't on WWE.com. It wasn't on my wrestling website that I go to to check when um, WWE's coming to town. I mean, it wasn't on any of those. It was on the arena sheet. It was on arena commercials showing, hey, WWE's going to be here. Expect these people here, here, and here. What this match? Here, here. Um, it was on all those, yes, in the local areas, but it wasn't worldwide commercials showing, hey, Undertaker's going to be back on this date over here, so come and see us. I mean, but- it wasn't the fact that it was it was a local commercial, local broadcast for that only area, not for the entire world. But you know what makes no sense out of all of it, right? They advertised Undertaker for tonight's right now, right? He appeared after the uh, showing off the air, so they, they didn't really, they didn't really have, they didn't have they didn't have to advertise him. If they didn't announce his being on SmackDown the following night, we would have known it would be him. But because they announced that. That he that he's gonna be appearing for SmackDown as well as Raw. That kind of gave, gave away with him. But anyway, carry they on. always they always advertise the dark match. I mean, that's always how it's been. I mean, they advertised the dark match when I went to Vengeance in 2006 for the reunion of DX against the Spirit Squad. I don't even remember what the dark match was. I think it was Val Venus. I, I really didn't care. Um, it was a reunion of DX. That's all the only thing we cared about. Yes, they, they advertised a dark match for the aftermatch of the uh, the event. I mean, everybody wants to see the, the Undertaker. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity sometimes um, because there's no telling if he's going to be there the next day because he could go up and break his leg and, no, and he never comes back to wrestling. I mean, it's just a fact. I'm not saying that they, they, they let people know. I'm saying the fact is they kind of screwed themselves over by hanging the symbol so everyone could see it and not covering it up like they would in the past. For That's those of you, for those of you listening to the show, I can now see you in the chat room. <laughs> Breaking news: da, 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 da. JJ can now see the chat room. But I mean, it's just the fact that that was my only problem with WWE this past week. I mean, the entire show was a great show. Um, John Cena coming out and rapping again, hilarious. I loved it. I'm glad to see that he's going back a little bit to his roots because of The Rock coming back. I mean, that's great. Um, but, I mean, that was my main problem with WWE this week is the fact they, they, they may have advertised it everyone everywhere else, but I want to see – I don't want to see it before it happens. I want to enjoy – WWE, and then 
surprise me. Have the symbol lower down while he's coming out. That's great. It's just one of those things where you have to suspend your belief. And I wanted to do that, but no. WWE kind of screwed me up. You know what? My my big thing was, look, um, I, I wanted it, obviously, like everybody else. I wanted it to be The Undertaker making his return. And I think it, deep down inside every one of us, all the little wrestling marks that are inside us all, we all wanted to see Sting come out and have some sort of an interaction with The Undertaker. I don't think anybody was really hyped at the fact that we're going to have Triple H and The Undertaker yet again. And I will give the WWE credit doing those 221.11 promos created so much buzz that it could be Sting. And in fact, the whole time, you know, Sting was negotiating with the WWE. He was negotiating with TNA. And for TNA to pull those 3.3.11 promos that they did, I mean, it's like comparing steak to bologna. You know, the WWE's promos were steak, and TNA's promos, as tongue-in-cheek as they might have been, and it was just a last-ditch effort for them to actually qualify and try to make something of themselves. I mean, let's be honest, and I don't want to piss off any TNA faithful, but I'm to the point that I just don't give a fuck. And if I do piss you off, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm stating my opinion while I'm fucking high on my medication. So let me just break it down for you, okay? It was so fucking lame to have them even try to duplicate what the WWE did. But then again, we're talking about a company that's just sitting there on the sidelines looking at everything the WWE does. You can't compare these two companies. It's apples and oranges. TNA is that company that just sits on the sidelines and waves at you and tries to get your attention. Hey, look at us. We're over here. We've got Sting. We've got Taz. We've got this guy. We've got Hulk Hogan. We've got Bischoff. We're over here, guys. Hey, wrestling, don't forget about us. We're over here. But the truth of the, the, truth of the matter is everybody's forgotten about you. Nobody cares about TNA wrestling. I sure the fuck don't. I gave up on them a long time ago. But now I'm to the point where I don't even care to watch their show. I watched 10 minutes of their show yesterday. 10 minutes. It was all I could stomach. I, I've told the rest of this network, Mark the Shark to Carlo, Internet Dave, that they can start running the Sunday night showdown shows for TNA. I will sit right here. I will produce the show. I will bring them in from intros and outros, and I will fucking hand it to them. And Trey can fucking host the show. I don't care. I'm just to the point where I don't care. Does anybody else find it astonishing amazing that ring of honor started up before tna and they're still around nine years later and they haven't had hulk hogan and they haven't had any major names go into ring of honor to keep them afloat does that astonish anybody else that ring of honor is still the place where you go to learn your craft that's a place you go and become somebody. And when I say that, let's look at guys like Samoa Joe, who when he left Ring of Honor was a superstar. Walked into T walked into TNA and was voted the 
wrestler of the year in the PWI 500. Number one, mind you. And what has he done in the six years that he's been with that company? Not a goddamn thing. Look at CM Punk, who left Ring of Honor, and look where he is right now. Do you think he's in WWE right now? Do you think he would have had that success in TNA? Because he worked for TNA briefly. That's my point. TNA That's completely my point. screwed over CM Punk when he was in there. They completely screwed over. Um, now I forgot what her name was, but I mean, Mickey James. They completely screwed over her while she was there. I mean, they pretty much just brought her back because hey, we we kind of feel bad. No, we kind of screwed you over, but hey, guess what? You're a big star. So come on. Come help us out some. I mean, that's just how it is. And like I said, I've got this big open letter to TNA that, that I'm planning on putting together. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to praise them for what they've done right. And I'm going to tear them to pieces on the things that they've done wrong and the things that they continue to do. Because I've said for the last couple of years that I don't see this company going much further. I don't know what else you can do other than sink money into a company that's failing. Hogan-Bischoff regime didn't work. Bringing in Jeff Hardy didn't work. Why? Because Jeff Hardy was only a star when he was being pushed by the machine. And on top of that, you signed him after he was already tainted goods. Because really, when I'm running a wrestling company in 2011, I want a guy that's going to be convicted of drug charges as my world champion. I mean, that's a prerequisite. While we're at it, can we get a rapist and a murderer to hold the uh, the tag team titles while we're there? How about a mass murderer for the fucking X Division champion? Come to TNA. You got a record, it's okay. But I give this company maybe five years, and that's a stretch. Maybe. And what's going to happen, boys and girls, in the grand scheme of things, is that Vince McMahon is going to walk down that aisle... And Ric Flair is going to cry because he'll realize that he burned his bridges. He's going to walk down to that ring. McMahon's going to get on the microphone. And he's going to announce to the fucking world that he's bought TNA Wrestling. And the fans in the impact zone, the sheep that they are, they're going to, they're going to maybe be upset. Maybe they'll cheer. Who knows? Depends on what the sign that says applause or boo says. And he's going to announce that he's bought the company. Not because he wants to make them a viable brand, ladies and gentlemen, but because he wants to fill content on his wrestling network that's going to debut in a couple of years. Because let's face it, TNA's been around nine years. That's nine years worth of library that you can air in reruns and syndication on a wrestling network. Yep. And Sting is going to be the guy that's just standing in the background. Shit, here we go again. WCW, check. TNA, check. I mean, at 70 years old, does the Sting go to Ring of Honor and try to revitalize them? I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm a Sting fan, always have been. But my biggest problem with Sting is that he's a fucking hypocrite. You're going to sit there and tell me that after all these years, you didn't go to the WWE for a couple of reasons. The main one being that you didn't like the direction the company was going in. They weren't kid-friendly. They weren't PG. But yet, you're going to walk out of TNA, try to get a contract, maybe make more money than you were making before, and in the end, loyalty, rather than the content that they put on their programming, is what makes you stay when we have Samoa Joe 
and Elijah Burke, the Pope, showing pigs fucking on TV. And this is where your religion says you should stay? Fuck you, Sting. You're a hypocrite. He is, and I'll definitely throw it out there. I mean, Sting has definitely kind of showed, like, he says he doesn't want to go to WWE because he feels that they'll destroy his his history, his, his name. And I think WWE Vince would probably more than likely build up his name, give him a chance to really show what he is. Um, TNA has definitely not done anything well for Sting as a person. Um, I definitely feel sorry for Sting, but him going back to TNA kind of shows that uh, that he doesn't he doesn't really care about his whatever. I mean, I I can say a lot of things, but Sting really should have thought this over and said, you know what, WWE's PG. They're not really pushing the envelope. TNA is pretty much destroying themselves out there and going into suicide mode. And I just think that he should have chosen WWE. Listen, 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 let me me break this down to you. I know that I know Flair is upset with me right now. and That's fine. Uh, I think he's so mad he's left, which, you know, if you're going to take it that personal, I'm sorry. I am venting my opinions on the product, which last I checked, I can do. I mean, this is my show. I can put my opinions out there. And if it offends you, I'm sorry. But I'm telling you the truth from my point of view. Again, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. I don't care if you do. I don't care if people on this network agree with what I'm saying. But here's here's the point. Right now, my wife is reading the Chris Jericho book, Undisputed. And he goes into great detail what happened to him when he started with the WWE. And he talks about how Vince McMahon was an ass to him, said that he wasn't worth the paper his contract was printed on. Because, see, here's how Vince McMahon does things. And Bret Hart even sat down and told Benoit this. Vince McMahon tears you down and then rebuilds you back up. So for all those people out there that talk about, oh, he buried everybody that was in WCW. Chris Jericho left that company to come work for Vince. Did Chris Jericho, in the long run, become a bigger star than he was in WCW, yes or no? What was the question again? I'm sorry. Did Chris Jericho become a bigger star in the WWE than he was in WCW, yes or no? Of course. I mean, I saw the Chris Jericho DVD. I mean, they definitely showed him in WCW, and it was crazy because WCW didn't believe in Chris Jericho. They believed in the older crowd. And that's just how it was with them. Chris Jericho became probably one of my favorite stars in WWE, the way WWE actually did them. And, I mean, he came out and got buried by The Rock the first night. But The Rock, having him in the ring with The Rock, put him immediately in the spotlight saying, watch this guy, he's going to be awesome. So upon his debut in the company, he made a major wave, and The Rock put him down. And said a bunch of stuff, which was Sting's biggest complaint with with Booker T. Now let's look at the post WW or the post WCW. Excuse me, I'm slurring. Post WCW after Vince McMahon bought out contracts, Lance Storm became a bigger name. Now, granted, he was ECW. He never went on to be a main event talent. But no offense to Lance Storm, he's not a main event guy. Um, let's look at Booker T. Did Booker T struggle for a little bit? Yes. 
Was he torn down a little bit? Probably. But in the long-term scheme of things, was Booker T not really considered the only African-American world heavyweight champion in WWE? I mean, you can count The Rock to some degree. He's half black, half Samoan. So for a title that doesn't really fit a lot of uh, African-Americans in that company, Booker T kind of went to the heights and, and, and was the champion and did well for himself. So Booker T is one that I look at when people throw up the WCW, WWE you know, complaints all the time that they buried every talent that came through there. Sean O'Hare came through as a mid-card guy. Unfortunately for him, his politics and some of the people he hung out with caused him to lose his contract. Scott Steiner, to... Scott Steiner was never that good to begin with. I mean, Steiner, don't get me wrong. I'm a big Steiner Brothers fan, okay? I loved Rick and Scott as the Steiner Brothers. Not the biggest fan in the world of Big Papa Pump. Once he got about three times too big, he got about three times too stiff and couldn't move near as good as he does. It, you know, that, that just reminds me all of a sudden of him doing the Frankensteiner on the last pay-per-view. I mean, seeing him do that brought back memories, but it also made me think, oh, crap, he's going to break his neck. And it looked like he landed on his head when he did that. I mean, Steiner is a little too big for his own self. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll claim it. But uh, he definitely got too big too fast, and it kind of showed that, you know, Steiner was on some juice. But, you know, aside from that, Buff Bagwell, as Mark Jindrak so eloquently put, shit the bed and was fired upon, what, the first week he was working with the WWE? Yeah. So, again, I ask you, what other major WCW star went through the WWE that didn't make it? Diamond Dallas Page? Well, Page was a little bit old at that point in time when he signed with WWE. But did they not put him in a high-profile angle where he had a feud with The Undertaker? They did. They did a great job with DDP. I mean, they they can't they, they kind of gave him a weird angle with the whole stalking of uh, Sarah, and um, I think he was teamed with Canyon at that moment too. Who better than Canyon? Everybody. Um, but see, I mean, I think- and, and I know Trey's argument is that you know Diamond Dallas Page was the people's champion. Well, The Rock was the people's champion in the WWE. So you're going to tell me that Vince is supposed to honor the people's champ as, as opposed to what he had in The Rock, who was a much younger, more vibrant star than Diamond Dallas Page? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a Page fan. I'm not going to sit here and disparage the guy. I mean, to go where he was, he was a manager for so many years, and he's one of the only managers to ever make the jump from being a manager to a talent. And Diamond Dallas Page for the time that he was utilized in WCW, was one of their biggest stars. But bringing him over to the WWE in 2001, 2002, you had to basically not give him that people's champion gimmick because, again, we're talking about The Rock, who was still you know, pretty semi-committed to the WWE at that point. So, Since we are talking about WCW stars who did come to WWE. Um, I've, I've noticed you've had you got Netflix. Um, I, I do, but you know what? Here's the thing: I don't have the content that you have. I can't go in and watch the Big Show thing because it okay. doesn't have it listed. I literally have a bare bones version of Netflix, and it pisses me off to no end. Like Canada gets practically raped with Netflix. 
We have a couple of movies here and there. We don't have near what we need to have. Yeah. And um, you know what? I'm I'm sorry, Flair feels that that I just completely just trashed TNA and had to leave the show. I know he left pissed off, and you know what? He was on Monday night hosting the show, and nobody took shit to me about TNA. Nobody fucking stood up to me and said a goddamn thing. Too bad, so of, sad. Just kind of. I'm, I'm sorry. I got, I'm gonna scoot away from that. Um, I I do want to talk about the 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 Big Show DVD right quick. Uh, it is possibly ha- it has possibly become one of my favorites. Um, Favorite WWE documentary slash wrestling DVDs they've come out with in a long time. Um, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I loved the Shawn Michaels DVDs they came out with. The Ric Flair one was really good. Um, but the Big Show has completely blown them away. I mean, I had tears in my eyes uh, at some parts of the Big Show DVD. And Was it the part I'm where he was stuck in the John and everybody had to leave the bus? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't that. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually going to go buy the DVD itself because I want the matches. Um, WCW stuff, the WWE stuff, um, he, they really showed Big Show in a good light and on the DVD. Um, I really wish they had, they had touched upon the Show Miz um, angles, the, the uh, Jerry Show stuff, but they didn't. And I kind of I was ticked off by that, but they really talked about his WCW days, um, his bout with gi- giantism and all of his other other problems that he had, his ego getting too big when he won the uh, world world title in WWE for the first time. And he got busted down to uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. Or o- uh, OVW, excuse me. Um, they really ca- they really showed um, his his fight from the lower card to the to the to the big card. And I've really enjoyed um, everything that WWE has done for the Big Show, and he's actually he, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, even though he doesn't seem like a wrestler, he is. And I really thank WWE for putting out this DVD because this DVD has really been a enjoyable, enjoyable one. Thank you for doing that, JJ. You're welcome. By the way, champ, fuck you, you fucking troll. <laughs> um, if you get a chance, go pick up the the Big Show A Giant's World DVD. It is very enjoyable. The documentary is great. Um, I can't wait to get a chance to look at the uh, the matches themselves. Well, you know what? I, like I said, uh, we get a bare bones version on Netflix. I don't actually do the uh, do the discs. I I stream it from my Xbox. And, you know, I'm paying like the seven ninety nine a month for the shit. And literally, I, I don't get any of the wrestling content whatsoever. Like, none of that stuff shows up. It's just, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I mean, the, the Big Show DVD was actually the first one that I had even seen on there. And I was kind of surprised by that. And I was really happy to see them, uh, them finally put some wrestling stuff up there. And I hope they'll continue doing that. Um, the only other thing they had up there was uh, Sting's battle with the light or whatever, and then wrestling with shadows, the, the Bret Hart story. I mean, that's pretty much the only things they had streaming-wise. I was kind of like, I want to see other stuff. And I know WWE has their hands in the, we own these DVDs, you can only send them out to people. Um, 
I'm, I'm hoping WWE kind of goes just goes away from that and lets them start, start streaming stuff because if they let them stream the documentaries, the documentaries are really good. Um, if they let them start streaming the matches, I can understand them not wanting them to because WWE basically has them on their own uh, little online catalog, whatever thing. I right. Just, it's just one of those things where I really hope that WWE kind of says, you know, we really see that Netflix is getting some money, so let's let them stream this. And if they do, I'll be happy. If they don't, I can just go get them from Netflix themselves. I mean, I have two DVDs out at once um, and the unlimited uh, streaming whatever. So I'm really hoping that uh, Netflix will start streaming more wrestling stuff. And you know what? They probably will in the long in the long term of things. Um, I just I find it hard to believe that Vince would even let his content on fucking Netflix to begin with. But yeah, that was a little surprising when it first was out there. I was kind of like, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, really? And then they had uh, all of um, the WWE DVDs that have come out in Blu-ray were all there for checkout, and I was kind of like, like that's pretty awesome. And I got WrestleMania. The first one that came out on Blu-ray, and I was kind of like, "This is pretty cool." So, I mean, it's it's a good thing that WWE kind of lets them do that. TNA lets them do that. Uh, ROH is on there. CZW. Uh, there's some FMW stuff on there. Um, uh, there's a couple of other places. I think Chikara's on there. I know um, FPW. Uh, there's a few others also that are on there. I mean, it's it's good to, if you want to see some older stuff. Um, I don't think there was any WCW, unfortunately. But uh, there's a lot of wrestling stuff able to be checked out. Was I really that brutal on TNA? I mean, I thought I was speaking the truth. Was it really that bad, people? Really? Really? I'm channeling my inner myth. Really? Yeah. It's um, it's It's your opinion. That's how you feel about it. I mean, everyone has their own opinion. I I have my opinion. I, I'm different. I mean, I like wrestling. I just like wrestling itself. I'm not. I, I've grown up watching wrestling. I was three years old. I'm turning 25 on Monday. Uh, I'll throw it out there. I'm throwing. I'm turning 25 on the 28th. Um, so I've been watching wrestling for almost 22 years now. I guess, like I said, if I offended you in the chat room, I am so sorry, people. I really am, but I'm just at the end of my rope with TNA. I mean, good for Sting that he felt like he needed to be loyal to TNA. Good for him. But at the same time, don't sit there and tell me I'm not right when he says he's that he didn't go there because of his religious beliefs. He's a fucking hypocrite when you say shit like that, especially in that company right now. And the truth will set you free. There's, there is something I want to do, JJ, and I, I haven't done it in a long time. Um, I want to throw some shout-outs out there right quick. Um, I did it in my column that's not a column that because it hasn't been published yet. Uh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> they have been calling now? What the fuck? Okay, 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 okay. They fuck you with the drive-thru. They fuck you with the drive-thru. They know you're going to be miles away before they realize they fucked you with the drive-thru. Are you fucking Joe Pesci now? I don't know. Yes, just send me, send me, and I'll post it right now before I go to sleep. Okay, if, that, if, if if that's your key moaning point, I will post it right now. It's okay, man. Wow, I've got to go find it on a uh, on my flash drive somewhere. So I was just messing with you. 
Holy fuck, man. <laughs> oh, my. Um, I'm giving a shout-out to... Uh, I, a lot of people know me as the gamer. I'm a huge gamer. Um, I, I went back to WoW a little bit ago, and I joined this guild. It's called Disturbed. Um, it's like the band, Disturbed. Oh, wow. They are... There you go. JJ's Disturbed, just like the rest of us. I am- the guild is, is amazing and awesome. They've made the game more fun than it was. It feels like I'm back playing the original WoW, um, back in vanilla. I mean, the, 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 the whole group, Rain, War, Zero, Shadows... Elo, uh, Landra, if y'all get a chance to listen to this, thank you for everything y'all done for me. Uh, it's definitely been a lot of fun. Um, I think I think we actually have someone on the phone line, so let's go and and maybe there's nobody there, but I want to check. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, yo, guys, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, this is uh, Lloyd calling. I called in last week to talk to you guys. Yeah, Lloyd, what's on your mind? Uh, not much. Uh, you can do the uh, the uh, uh, A back to the wrestling side of things. Uh, I didn't hear the first half hour of the show, so I'm not sure if you guys talked about uh, what had gone on on uh, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, we covered SmackDown. Okay, um, with the whole uh, angle with uh, Vicky getting fired, um, did you guys delve into anything about what they would probably be doing with her after that? Um, I just said that you know getting her off TV might be a good idea for a while. They'll probably they might send her to FCW. I don't know what they're going to do with her, but the good thing about getting Vicky off TV is probably the return of Dolph Ziggler in the very near future. Okay, I can see that, um, but uh, there was something that crossed my mind after, I think, probably a little bit before uh, SmackDown had uh, gone off, and it was, it was actually it's, it's sort of two things. One was, for some reason, uh, I was thinking like maybe they might pair her up with Del Rio for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it it it, it, it kind of. I think maybe just after Del Rio had come out and done the whole attack on Edge, uh, I thought maybe that might be an angle they might try to run with, maybe before WrestleMania or after WrestleMania, depending on what happens. Uh, the thing, the thing that had crossed my mind though, is uh, what show was it? Um, I think there was talk that uh, the next season, the NST, they might be doing like. Um, Maybe not like father son, but like you know, parent uh, uh, child uh, angle. Yeah, it's it, from, from from what I understand, it, it's it's basically bring your kid to work day on the next season of NXT. Everybody, <laughs> 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 everybody, go see. That's a good description. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I can see it now. I can see it now. We're going to have Dusty Rhodes and Cody. Everybody, this is my boy, the world heavyweight champion of the world, the future. Uh, my boy Cody Rhodes, he was a physical appliance because of uh, the Rey Mysterio hit him uh, with the knee brace. And uh, he's having to come back through the uh, the NXT developmental, if you will. And uh, myself and, and my good friend Ted DiBiase Senior, the Million Dollar Man, we're going to be teaching these young bucks uh, the way that we work things back in the day, the... Uh, we are the fathers. They are the sons. So it's uh, it's bringing your child to work day, if you will. Welcome back, Dustin. Dusty. That was great. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes is one of my better impersonations. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, the second thing that uh, that I was that I was thinking about is if they do go with. Uh, that idea, um, 
Although I guess it probably wouldn't play out if it was all males. For some reason, I was thinking maybe they might have Vicky come back in some way because her daughter is in FCW right now. Excuse me! Excuse me! Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, but if it, well, the thing is, yes. down in the key. Well, she's face down in SW. She's working with her daughter against the oh, one of the girls from NXT Season 3 is the GM down there. And Ricky's a face try, trying to get her daughter a shot at the Queen of the Ring title. So, possible. The only Very thing possible. the only thing that would that would totally trump having Dusty and Cody on there would be if they came to good terms with the Warrior. Tonight on NXT, the Warrior brings his little girl, Sally Warrior, to the front of the stage. <laughs> JJ, how much of that medicine did you take? I don't know, but it feels good about right now. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Oh god, I'm all feeling these, no pain. All of these uh, these uh, identities are coming out, and we might have a problem later on. Well, no, I mean uh, seriously, you got Warrior Warrior and Sally Warrior. <laughs> how do you go wrong? Or Little Jimmy Warrior? I mean, I don't know how many kids he has. I don't know what he names them, but I know he's Warrior. No voice for Jimmy Warrior. No, no, I I don't know how his kids talk. I hope they're not constipated like he was. <laughs> Only on Unplugged, ladies and gentlemen. Only on this show. Only on this oh, network. Yes. Oh, yes. This is getting real When I tell you that the show goes off the tracks, people, I'm not kidding. That's not a metaphor. The train literally derails on this show. This is unstoppable, bitch. Oh yeah, it's funky like a monkey, unstoppable like a train. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Anyway, let's move on. Sorry, Lloyd, I didn't mean to lose lose control there. <laughs> no, it's, it's no problem, man. I'm still trying to store from a lot of that. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Tip your waitress. I don't have. Oh wait, Curly's my waitress. I'm sorry. Oh. Curly gets no tip. Wow. Fucking bullshit! That's what they all say. Yeah, wow. something like that. So anyway, yeah. As far as far as Vicky is concerned, though, I I don't know what the plan is with her, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, that Dolph does come back soon because I think he's going to be a big star, and I think he's coming back to SmackDown. I don't see him going to Raw unless they really hold him off television until after WrestleMania, which kind of be stupid in my opinion. But you know, I'm not running the company, so what do I know? Well, I, well, it all depends. I, I, unless they find some workaround for the whole, you know, you know, Teddy firing him off of there. Um, Raj is, is the next place I would see him going to, unless, uh, like I said, unless they find some workaround that. True that. True that. But I mean, you know, the draft is obviously going to be coming up. I'm assuming after WrestleMania, so things are going to get switched up. It wouldn't surprise me to see Del Rio go to Raw. I mean, they've been grooming him for that top spot. Well, it could also depend on when they uh, decide to uh, debut uh, Mystico or, uh, or uh, uh, what was his name? What's his name again? What's Mystico's name? Uh, it's it's Sin Cara, but originally it was being reported that it was Sin Rostro, and I thought, oh, that's horrible. But Sin Cara is uh, is I like that. That's a good name. Yeah, it could all depend on when they uh, uh, bring him in if they want to. Um, hot shot or jump start a feud with uh, him and Del Rio. 
I mean, and, and they could, but I, I really, like I said, I want them to kind of take their time. The kid, he's only 27 years old. Um, so he's got time in his career. We need to build him up first. Let him have an intercontinental title reign. You know, let him obviously get some accolades before just jumping him right into the world title picture. It's my problem with Del Rio. I mean, I like the guy, but my wife will attest that they've been pushing his ass down our throat since, you know, two months before he debuted. And she's right to a point. But, I mean, he is a very celebrated uh, luchador from Mexico. He's obviously someone that they have a lot of faith in for the future. And they've had to hotshot guys into those positions. But I'm more of a guy that likes to see – I'm a traditionalist. I like to see guys work their way up the card and not just be given a title, uh, you know, i.e. like Sheamus. I understand why they did with Sheamus. And I thought they were doing a good job with the build for him. But now they've kind of squashed him back down to the mid-card, and they're putting him in a feud with Brian. And so, I again, this was a guy that should have had a U.S. title reign or an intercontinental title reign long before he got the world championship. But this is how they, they, they do things. I mean, you have a certain look, you have a certain ability that gets you over or gets the office behind you, and you're going to get pushed to the top. But, you know, I, I just I, I really appreciate those guys that have worked their ass off for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years and then finally get their due. You know, guys like a Shawn Michaels or, or even a Bret Hart or hopefully in the next couple of months a guy like John Morrison who's been with the company since 2002, you know, and was, was basically a made man by them. You know, they, they're the ones that trained him, and he's, he's moved up the ranks slowly but surely, and I think that he's just about due for his run. Anybody? Bueller? 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 Yeah, I'm here. Bueller? 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 JJ? Bueller? JJ? Sean? Sequel? Crelly? Lloyd, you still with us? I think Lloyd's gone. I think we lost Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen. Might have lost Crelly. I mean, if I'm the only one left, I'm happy. I didn't get dropped. If you're, no, the, only, if you're the only one left, we're fucking closing this bitch out. Darn. I've almost Crelly's been on the air not... two and a half hours. Bye, Damn. Lloyd. That was a good call by Lloyd. I think I scared him away. Bueller. No, yes. I think his phone just dropped. That's, that's it. I ain't that a bitch. Well, thanks for um, the call, Lloyd. We appreciate it. Since we got a little bit of pause here, um, have you heard the spoilers that came out for the Hall of Fame uh, people for this year? I heard the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, if you will. Uh, I heard Sonny, possibly. Abdullah the Butcher. Good old Abby. I, I actually worked a show with Abby. That's scary. Um, the Bad News Allen tribute show that happened back in 2007. I was the ring announcer for that show. And Mark the Shark DiCarlo was the one who really orchestrated that show. He, he had a hand in promoting that show. It wasn't his money going into it. It was a guy named Devin Nichols who wrestles as Hannibal on the Independence. He got to the point where he started running his own shows. And he brought in Tito Santana and Jim Neidhart in a match that lasted three minutes. They were in the back literally arguing over who was going to go face and who was going to go heel out there. And they went to the booker, and rather than sit down and tell them who should do, just said, go out and do what you want to do. So they were paid a, a pretty good amount of money between the two of them and their airfare, considering that Jim Neidhart was in Tampa at that point. Uh, he'd moved away from Calgary. And 
what they came up with was a three-minute no contest where it was like a disqualification or something. Neither one of them came out the winner. And, of course, Jim Neidhart starts flipping out and going crazy and yells at me in the middle of the ring. And I'm just standing there like, okay. <laughs> Good times. Good times. But I got to after the show, I got to sit back in the, in the dressing room, and Abdullah the Butcher was on the show. He wrestled uh, with Hannibal in a tag match. And they actually put a cage up that took 45 minutes to erect a cage during intermission for the main event that wow. featured Abdullah the Butcher. And they had to leave one side of the cage off so Abby could get in the ring. So that was not very well thought out. I actually had to help put the cage together at one point. I'm standing in the ring for 45 minutes, so I decided to start helping them erect the cage. This is the kind of shit that you deal with on the independence people. It's awesome. I'm telling you, it's awesome. So I'm literally in the back just hanging out with Abdullah the Butcher after the show. Most down-to-earth guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. He is awesome. So as far as him getting in the, in the Hall of Fame, I know Triple H is a big mark for him, and I personally think Abdullah is awesome. So I'm all for it. And I think Skype has dropped, as Crelly is pretty much letting me know. On that note, guys, we're going to end the show with, of course, my story, story, of Abdullah the Butcher. Let's go ahead and get that old familiar music. I hate when this happens sometimes, guys, but it does. It does. And my computer needs to be blown up. So uh, just a reminder, stay tuned to all of the programming here on the SNS Radio Network. Obviously, Monday night I will return alongside El Capitan, the Trey Dog, in what promises to be probably a very interesting episode of Wrestling News Live, as I'm sure that my rant on TNA will fall upon Trey's deaf ears tonight. Who knows what kind of shit will go down between myself and the dog as it relates to TNA Wrestling. We'll let you know, obviously, what happened on Monday Night Raw. Talk about all the latest news of the week, courtesy of Wrestling-Online.com. Uh, Tuesday, I'll be back again for the CauseCast. 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. Myself and the Phenom, Charles Shane. I meant to go over the roster tonight for the WWE All-Stars game. I'm going to save that until Tuesday. And Charles and I will run that down for you guys and let you know all of the latest news as it relates to WWE All-Stars. Wednesday, the Pro Wrestling Rewind returns right here on the SNS Radio Network, live, baby, live, with the power Andy Knowles and, of course, the king of all of Italy, Mike Siciliano. And, of course, yours truly will be at the helm producing for the boys. Uh, I should be getting another episode of Running the Ropes with Maverick by Saturday. That will be posted. You'll have it tomorrow. Um, and I think that's it. Other than Unplugged, next week, 1030 8.30 Mountain Standard Time. You know, the usual time. So on that note, I bid you all adieu. And yes, I, I, I'm feeling a little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm feeling a little medicated. So with that said, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. It was great to have Chris, Christopher Daniels on the program to promote ROH's iPay-Per-View tomorrow night. Definitely check it out. It's the ninth anniversary be there or be square 
and let me know what you thought of it because uh, I think I'm probably going to get this pay-per-view. On that note, I want to thank the sensational sequel, or Sean as we like to call him, Chris Kelly, headlocks to headlines.com. We know him as the fucking foreign kid Crelly. To Lloyd for calling in. And to everyone else who tuned in to this fucked up show on a Friday night. Thank you so much, guys. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. It's a shout out there for the Undertaker and the WWE. This is what I thought of your damn Undertaker side on Monday night, damn it. The really sad thing is Crelly is dancing like a motherfucker right now. Bronx, it's okay as long as you're not pole dancing. Would the stormy weather reply to either, would it refer to Sting or The Undertaker or both, since they both had some really cheesy-ass promos lately? I, I leave it in your hands to decide, man. It's all up to you. That's the Unsolved Mystery for tonight. Bronx just made a comment in the chat room that would make Stevie Wonder blush.
on that note, I am JJ, all caps, sexy. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, bitches. See you Monday.